Hey, what the fuck is that? It's your son Daniel. You remember him, don't you? Fuck, no, who is you piece of shit? What is he doing on that fucking monitor? Well, I haven't looked at the monitors for some time, so it would be hard for me to say. But I would imagine that um, he's cowering in a corner with a look on his face. Whoa, no, no, Aaron, You motherfucker, where is he? Where is he? Where is he? That's a problem you're gonna have to solve before it's too late. He has about two hours before the gas creeping into his nervous system begins to break down his body tissue, and he begins to bleed from every orifice he has. Oh, yes. There will be blood. You're listening to the Buzz Kill Podcast. I am the devil, and I am here to do the devil's work. It is episode 58. Welcome back to the Buzzkill Podcast, where today I want to play a game. It's called Drink the Beer. And if you succeed, you know what you win? What? Another beer! Another beer! <laughs> What's going on, guys? I'm Mike. I'm Jim. And I'm Justin. Hey, that one didn't suck. Well, it's because right. you remembered to <laughs> you introduce remember to yourself. Speak. And I did. I remembered to not suck this week. <clears throat> How's it going, guys? Not good, too bad. Man. How are you doing? No, nah, I'm doing good. What'd you guys do this week? I saw it. Yes. Finally! <laughs> yes! We finally went to see it. Um, Jay was not able to make it with us. Sorry, Jay. I was not. I had was, to do birthday things, followed by anniversary things. Yeah, and being, it, was the, a, it was a nice couple of days. Happy anniversary, the by the Thanks, way. man. Happy I birthday, also, by the way. Thank you. I also <laughs> had an anniversary. You did. Happy anniversary to you as well. Thank you. It was the day before. Seven years of matrimony. All right. What is this for you and... It's only the Three years year. official. You guys have been dating for three years already? Uh-huh. Holy shit. And engaged since July. Give, give me one of these. Hey. Give me a little bump through. I job, believe ma'am. I believe it's three years. You're seven years. I don't believe it. It feels like it's at least fifteen. So, well, it's, <laughs> it's it's seven years of marriage plus an additional three years of dating. No, so it is ten years. It's ten years. Is that was it? Would you would you celebrate though? Our the marriage, the marriage one, or the ten year one? <laughs> we celebrated what you celebrate when you're married. <laughs> Once you get married, you don't celebrate your your dating anniversary. You don't, you don't or, celebrate or your meat anniversary. Stereo. Fucking Brian, our buddy Brian and his uh, soon-to-be wife coming up this weekend. Last wedding. Let me give a round of applause oh, for us. Last, last one. I got two I've more got, to do. I've got another one in January, but uh, that's yeah. in Florida, so that's cool. Oh, with that's me. okay. Um, they celebrate their meetiversary, which you could take one of two ways if it's M E E T or M E A T. Hey, so. first time we shared meat together. <laughs> well, that's not the meat I was talking about, but you know. So, anyway, yeah, we went to see it finally, and. Um, that movie sucked. Yeah, it was terrible. Jeez. Never heard of it. <laughs> All right, I will say this. I no, will say you, this. What do you think? Uh, I liked it a lot. I really <laughs> we did. We actually haven't discussed it yet. Cause I, we haven't. Um, I liked it a lot. I don't know that. Now, granted, I'm. We came to it late, so I think it kind of, uh, as as our buddy calls it, eternal sunshine it for ourselves. Whereas when, when people talk about a movie so much, and then you finally see it, and it doesn't live up to the hype, that happened with Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind uh, for a lot of us. Um, it kind of was that way to me. Like it was a really good movie, and I lo- I loved it. I did. I, I'm not going to say anything bad about it. That being said, I don't know that I understand why people were freaking out over it, saying it was like the greatest, scariest horror movie ever made, and this and that. Like I don't know. That it wasn't. I'm, it wasn't scary. It I, wasn't. I didn't find it scary at all. If you're afraid I did of like clowns, it, it was scary. Oh, I'm sure. sure. We're not those people, though. Yeah. 
Um, there's, um, a, there's a little bit too much CGI for my taste. They he, overdid it a little bit on the CGI, but it was still well done. A little bit. It wasn't bad, though. There were a lot of parts that they showed in the trailer that you thought you were going to really hate that I think that I you ended up no, not hating so the, much. The parts were like... Uh, in, like the jump in, cut stuff. Yeah, there was a lot of that, and then the part where like he's... Um, Pennywise is rising up from the water in the in the cellar, yeah. which is in the trailers, and then he runs towards the camera, and it's like all this like shaky cam effect, but it looked like it was all digitally done. Mm -hmm. I thought I was gonna hate it. I actually didn't mind that part at all, but there was another part later when they're in the room with all the clowns where it did the same thing, but it was different. It, yeah, was, it was almost more so. Yeah, and I, that one I didn't like. Right, that was way too <clears throat> digitally for see, me. See, to me, it wasn't it, it wasn't Eternal Sunshine for me. Uh, the problem was is I had uh, two days before I had just finished the audiobook. Sure. And I don't want to be one of these assholes that says, well, well the, the book was, the so book much was better. better. But the book was better. But how many, how, many, uh, how many movies have you seen and where you've read the novel where the movie was better? Goosebumps. Besides Goosebumps. <laughs> it's just typically the novel is uh, always going to be better. Sure. It, with very few exceptions. Well, but the novel's usually better than the movie. The, the 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 book is awesome. Yeah, the movie was awesome. I liked mm -hmm. the movie a lot. They took a lot of liberties with it. They did a lot of things that weren't in the book that they just they just made up for the movie, which was fine mm -hmm. with me. I'm not one of those like. There's a lot of people that are freaking out about that who are big fans of the book who just think that the movie was complete shit. Yeah, I'm not one of those people. No, like the movie I can wasn't shit. I can separate the novel from the movie and I think, just enjoy both. I think Bill Skarsgård did a phenomenal job as Pennywise. Skarsgård. Skarsgård. Yeah, he was, he was uh, awesome. Yeah, he was man. great. He was, really he was good. totally fine. Like he, he embodied <laughs> the character. He put his own spin on it with, while still sort of keeping a little bit of that uh, 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 Tim Curry... I got the name right. Tim Curry... <laughs> Mark, uh, Mark Curry. Yeah, yeah, yeah Mark Summers. Um, <laughs> he kept a little bit of that so it was familiar but different, you know? I thought And I thought that he played it perfectly fine. I thought that the teeth were a bit much, uh, especially in the very beginning in the sewer, the first time that you see his teeth come out. I thought that was, I thought that was a little bit much. And here's and here's my gripe about it. What you don't realize when um, at the very beginning is that the monster uh, is is very much wearing the clown costume as a suit to blend in, sort of to feed on the kids' fears and whatnot. Right, right. Um, and and in doing so, whenever the monster starts to show itself a little bit. It's like the the clown makeup and stuff gets real uh, like stretched out sort of mm -hmm. a little bit, and the eyes actually get pushed to the back of the head. Like the like the, the, the face of the monster is pushing on the eyes, and the eyes go sideways. Yeah. The very first time that you see it in the sewer, though, you don't know that that's what it's doing, and Pennywise's eyes go to the side, <laughs> you just thought and he was it all looks really dumb <laughs> because <laughs> because you don't know what's happening. I remember seeing, I go, oh, that looked terrible. I thought it was a mistake in like digital. Right, like I really, I really thought it was like someone forgot to fix the fucking eyes, like, um, and that was a little bit jarring. But I guess once you understand it, it makes a lot more sense. Yeah, but on my first impression of it, though, I was like, ugh. Uh, yeah, I don't. I, that didn't. That didn't really bother me. I, I don't know. I, I we could literally go on. And we on. Could, yeah. We probably should have discussed this movie beforehand in one of our like long three-hour conversations, which we will do. Still. Why don't we have a podcast where we can just talk about movies? Damn it! <laughs> Let's start one. Um, I uh, I will say this though: you brought up how many movies are better than the books. Mm -hmm. I can give you one good Stephen King example. What? Maximum Overdrive. Oh, have because you, have that you ever movie, read the book? Uh, I don't need to because the movie's fucking amazing. <laughs> the, the the book the book doesn't have Emilio Estevez, and that's all you need to make a movie better than a I book. I saw him. 
he looked at me and he tilted his hat. <laughs> and I swear to God, it was the Mighty Ducks man. And I was like, Emilio! Emilio! I butchered that, but I don't even care. <laughs> All right. Anyway. Uh, How was you guys' week? Uh, not too bad. We already told you. I celebrated a anniversary. So did he. I wasn't listening. How was yours? Other than going to bad. see it, yeah, it was, was it the highlight of your it week? Pretty much was. Yeah. I've been working a shit ton. Yeah. So, which is awesome. Cool. Twenty hours of OT coming at me. Oh baby. Oh yeah. Look at that. But uh, yeah, no, it's been working it. That's pretty much uh, my last. Working week. it. Work. Working, working it. it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, um, speaking of last week, what mm. kind of dumb things did you say? Well, let's find out. Me. Stupid. You're so stupid. All right, so uh, we actually would have had no corrections this week. However, if you recall, oh, last week, we missed the week before, so I said we were going to catch up this week, and <laughs> guess what? Two weeks ago, we fucked up. Last week was a perfect week. Dude, nobody cares <laughs> about two weeks ago. Uh, I'm screwed. I'm still saying it because I said I would. Uh, first off, Michelle Williams has not won an Oscar. She's been nominated four times, and she has won a Golden Globe. Not an Oscar winner, though. I literally don't remember talking about that. Oh, well, we did. It was two weeks ago, Michael. Yeah, we did. Um, I said, we mentioned, I had mentioned that all of the recent Texas Chainsaw Massacre remakes have been <gasps> terrible, and I didn't understand why they were doing them still. And there's actually only ever been one remake, and that was the Marcus Nisball remake back in, I think it was 2004. Mm -hmm. uh, the other ones, believe it or not, Texas Chainsaw 3D mm -hmm. is actually a sequel to the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And from my understanding, Leatherface is a sequel to that movie. It's all in the same chronological order, I guess. Really? I haven't seen it, so I, I'm going on hearsay of what I've heard. Sure. Uh, but anyway, there's only one true remake, and it was actually really good. Yeah. I like that one. Yeah. So. Not everybody does. Yeah. I do. I do. You do. That's all that matters. He does. Right? Jay, do you, hey. like the, do you like the Texas Chainsaw remake? <laughs> I'll take that as a... Yep. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then also, there we were wrong. There were no rap songs made for Halloween H2O or Resurrection. Oh, come on. Which seems like an opportunity wasted to me. Then you what? got that H2O. Mm. Oh. 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 Myers. <laughs> Judith Myers. No, because you tried to freestyle something about <laughs> Halloween two weeks ago and it was awful. Uh, you remember that, but you don't remember what we talked about two weeks ago? Wait, what do no, you guys? Oh, wait, oh, wait, oh, wait, oh, caught him. Wait, caught him. Wait, what are you guys talking we'll about? We'll save that for corrections for next week. And the very last correction is I should never rap. There and we that, go. And there that's you go. It, and that's it. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, this week then we're talking about Saw one through three. Oh, what'd you see? Shut, shut up. <laughs> he saw it. All right. Like, here's here's the deal, guys. It took us it took us what three weeks three or four weeks to see it yes. after it came out. Yes, there's a new Saw movie coming out at the end of this month. Uh -huh. We're gonna do Saw one through three tonight. Yes, we're gonna take a week off. Yes, we're gonna do another Saw edition of the Buzzed Kill podcast. Go on in two weeks, and then two weeks after that. We're going to do the new movie. So basically, every other week for the month of October, you can consider Saw our our Halloween theme sure. franchise. We're sure. going to do, do a Halloween episode as well. We don't, I'm not sure exactly <laughs> what we're going to do yet, but I promise you it's going to be at least really okay. It will be subpar. <laughs> but uh, for the month of October, though, we're going to be looking at the Saw movies. Like James said, three this week, three and two, three, two weeks after that, and then the final two the following two Correct. weeks. Correct. So... So this we're gonna we have to hold ourselves accountable. We have to go see the new one when it comes we have out. To. Which we've always done. Like I've I've seen all the Saw movies in theater 
when they came out. So I'm gonna do a jig. Let me go see Saw. We're <laughs> <laughs> okay. uh, seesaw. I'm getting a little buzzed. All right. Um. So this week we are talking about Saw one through three. Yes. And uh, so Michael went out and grabbed us <coughs> from Atwater Brewery in Detroit, Michigan. Before you say the name. Yeah. What do all the people in all the Saw movies have in common? Um, they all. I I know I know you want me to just answer you though. I, no. I I can't come up with a good joke. They've all they've all made some pretty piss poor life decisions. Right. <laughs> Therefore. And now they have opportunities to make one last decision mm-hmm. that will uh, extend their life. Mm-hmm. And somebody else's perhaps. And somebody else's perhaps. So there's some in some cases like five or six people. So therefore, this week we are drinking from Atwater Brewery. Better Life Choices IPA <laughs> American India Pale Ale. I I thought it was perfect. <laughs> 6.5 alcohol by volume. 85 IBUs. All right. <clears throat> so yeah, no, that's a good that's a good choice. Like I thought you were gonna go with Buzzsaw because there's a Buzzsaw we, beer. Hey, we have three episodes in this month though, yeah. to do saw related. So <laughs> all right, we'll so, get there. Better life choices from Atwater Brewery. Word to the wise. When it comes to a successful night on the town, this beautifully burnt orange-colored American IPA is all about validating good decision-making. With a combination of well-balanced malt and resin-radiating hop characteristics, it's it's clear that this is one beer that's making all the right moves. So when you're ready to take a step in a new direction, let better life choices lead the way. Don't that, mind me. I'm that, just opening that's it. Thank you for opening that for me. Mm, you're welcome. Um. All right. I like the uh, I like the artwork on this. Yeah, it looks very Van Goey. It does look Van Goey. Van Gooey. Let's let this Van Goey down our throats. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, yummy. That's good. Always love an Ippa. Always love a what? Oh, and, and, and Ippa. You know what this reminds me a lot of. Uh, every, uh, every other IPA? Very well, yeah. This one, this is a pretty, it's a pretty generic tasting IPA in uh-huh. all fairness, but it tastes a lot like uh, Founders Centennial, mm. uh, or or they're all day, one of the two. Probably Maybe all, more, more all day. All day. Centennial is my favorite, but all, all day. day has more of this uh, hoppy kind of. All day. IPA that could have a rap song. All day. IPA. Michael Myers. <laughs> <laughs> like Man. a Sharks fan. That was your joke last week. I shouldn't have stole it. Two weeks ago, rather. Um, so, that's the beer we're drinking. Let's get into the bleed feed. The bleed feed. <laughs> All right. Uh, so, before we get into the typical horror news, um, something happened this last week that, at this point, everyone knows about. Uh uh, there's a massacre in in Las Vegas. Um, oh man, we are we are not clearly the only people talk about it, but we felt like we should at least mention it, say something about it. Um, you know, there's a lot of uh, a lot of discussion about you know what happened and and the confusion and this and that. And it doesn't matter what side of the fence that you are on politically or on any other discussion. Uh, at the end of the day, the the fact remains that there were way too many innocent people that died um, it's it's a simple any number yeah, of innocent people dying sure. is, is terrible it's a what, what was it 50 58 50, people 50, and like, and like 500 like people who were injured yeah. it's just it's it's a tragedy a horrible just, tragedy these things 
keep happening too often and it's it's just it's yeah. kind, it's getting kind of sickening that it's like you you see this stuff constantly you yeah. know it's it's kind of horrifying it's mm-hmm. weird time that we live in and it, um, it seems like like we're so like accustomed to hearing things like this like you hear about it for a couple of days and the news starts changing and everything's back to normal stuff and you, well, you know right. it, I, I know people gotta get like still have to live their lives and do stuff but it's 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 just heartbreaking, man. The way the way that I look at it in, in, in regards to that, you know, you never want to get to a point where you're becoming desensitized to it. You know, we are not a war-torn country. You know, you, you go to a lot of countries where this is an everyday occurrence, you know, and it's, yeah, like, something happens, people are out there wiping down their windows and they go back to their life. Like, we're not that country. That being said, though, you know, I think that uh, that we in this country are we're very good at not letting not letting fear run our lives you know mm-hmm. like this when this stuff happens like you you can't live in fear over it you, you you just you can't right you know so what choice do you have but to pick yourself back up put your pieces back together best you can you know um it's harder for some obviously if you were involved in it but like you do what you can and you and you you, you move forward that's all you can do right um but yeah you know that's uh it, it 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 happened and it sucks it's and terrible. and I don't there's nothing that we're gonna say that's that's gonna be different I think than anybody else. Yeah, but, no, it's and, you know, and like you said, it's a, you don't need to, especially especially in our in our context here. There's no reason to get into a political discussion. Sure, sure. There's no reason to talk about your personal views on anything. Uh, everybody's personal view should be that this was a horrible tragedy, uh, and this kind of thing needs to stop happening. Yeah, you know. Yeah. And, yeah. I, I think we can just kind of leave it at that. I think that I think too when something like this happens, especially within the the horror community and what we what we talk about all the time, you know, it's it's interesting that we we celebrate, you know, sometimes some of the most violent movies and some of the most crazy kills and some of the most you know like this kind of weird morbid right. you know macabre stuff, and it, it just goes to show that there's no amount of anything that you can see in a movie that can prepare you for what this stuff is in real life and i think that's important to remember you know right you know the the, the movies that we do it's 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 at the end of the day um there's still most movies. of the time it's about having fun and you realize right. entertainment and you realize the flip side of the coin is this when this shit happens it's it's not it's anything but right you know yeah um so yeah um also in the news, we had two other le- living, well, not living, legends uh, passed away this week. Uh, one on the exact same day as the Las Vegas massacre, mm. and that is Mr. Tom Petty. Yeah. You are truly a heartbreaker. <laughs> Sorry, I've been waiting all week to make that joke. <laughs> um, but no, really he was, though. Like I, I, I remember that I got word. I saw it online when uh, the Tom Petty had been found... Uh, in full cardiac arrest, completely unresponsive, but they had found a pulse, right? right. So I go, okay, there's hope. And then the news report came in that he was completely brain dead. Well, it was it was weird because I I saw I, I saw stuff in the at the beginning of the day that said Tom, or actually Aaron sent me a text message. She said Tom Petty died. Yeah, I was like what the hell? There's so, a lot of there's a lot of confusion and miscommunication. But, in but this then story. later in the day, there was something somebody posted. Oh, there's still hope. Like he might be well, alive. Well, there still. was one of the big magazines. I, well, I won't name anything, but they <laughs> posted that uh, you know Tom Petty died. They were the first to get it out. Oh, Rolling and, Stone, you know, and, and they they said that you know they pulled the plug. He was on life support, yeah. and maybe they assumed because you can well, assume that when you pull the plug, you yeah, assume that's sure. it, you know. Um, and then his daughter came back out and tweeted 
F you such and such magazine, you know, my dad yeah. is alive, this and that, and right. you know, and hours you know well, later he did pass. I can understand the confusion though, because if someone tells you, yes, you know, they found him, he was unresponsive at three o'clock, they decided to take him off life support. That sounds that sounds it, like yeah, he but it's, but it's kinda it's kinda yeah. shameful to just jump on it like well, you have to be the first people that's to break the, media the news. For you. Yeah, well. Gotta be the first to break the story. Um <clears throat> it was retracted though, and then I think he held on till about eight o'clock Monday. I think it was like around the eight o'clock time when he did finally pass away. Mm -hmm. And it was one of those things too, like when when I had heard that, oh, he's still alive, it's like, but he's brain dead. Right. Like it's it's like, yes, I'm happy he's not dead, but he will be. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't mean to be morbid about that, but no, let's be honest. Yeah. Like you, when your brain is dead, for all intents and purposes. Right. You could, you you're could, dead. They could keep you living with machines, but um, what, what's, what's the point? Yeah. What, what so kind of he life was, is that? You know? He was 66 years old, super young. Yeah. Uh, like I said, found unresponsive in full cardiac arrest. I think it was either at his house or in a hotel. It was, at it his was house. where he was staying, yeah. wherever it was. <clears throat> but um, uh, yeah, so absolutely tragic. Tom Petty was, was a legend. Absolute legend. Yep. Yeah. I know I grew up with them. I'm sure you guys did as well. Oh, yeah. I, just, I, I was uh, I was staying with my cousin in Aug Gray when I was younger, and we went to his a friend of his owned this uh, like an amusement park, and we would go in and, and shoot pool, and we'd just drop like ten bucks into the jukebox, and he would just play uh, Last Dance with Mary Jane like a hundred times in a row. Yeah, I um I tend to when when musicians die, I tend to not so much listen to their music, mm -hmm. but I listen to covers of their music. For some reason, it's kind of something that I've always done, and uh, I think with with Tom Petty, uh, there's one particular cover that I, I listened to on repeat, almost not all day, but a lot during the day uh, when he died, um, and that is John Mayer's cover of "Free Fallen." Mm, yeah, I think it's the trio. It's a, it's that, a live it's, cover. Isn't yeah, it? I think yeah. it's the trio that does it, um, or is it just two guitar players that play with him? I'm not sure. It was the three of them on stage, so yeah. I don't know if it was the trio or if it was something else. No, because the trio is drummer, bass player, him. Yeah. Um, anyway, though, it it's one of the most incredible covers I have ever heard, and it's it's awesome. So yeah. look it up. Also, um, <clears throat> Mr. Tits himself. <laughs> Mr. Tits. <laughs> I'm sorry, Hugh Hefner. He was he was the guy that introduced me to the female perspective. <laughs> the female perspective. He introduced you to your first set of boobies, Michael? <laughs> he did. He did. And this was two weeks ago. Yes. <laughs> I figured I should probably start, you know. <laughs> that, was ter that was terrible. Yeah, that's fine. Hugh Hefner passed away at the age of 91. That guy lived a hell of a life. Quite a life. Um, Good Lord. Yeah. Um, it, it, and actually, uh, you know, whether you whether you like what he did, whether you don't like what he did, mm -hmm. there's people who fall on both sure, sides of sure. the fence. But for our purposes, something that I didn't know about him was um, at the age of 15, I think, he his first publication that he ever put out was a, a fanzine called Shudder. Oh. And it was it went on, it went on for five issues and it was all about the horror genre. Oh, very cool. Which is pretty cool. I wonder if those and, have ever been republished went... <laughs> somewhere. What's that? I wonder if those have ever been republished anywhere. I don't know. They might do it now. Who knows? So he went from the horror genre to the horror genre. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Some people argue on that, man. Those are Playboy was classy. Playboy was classy. It's all about female empowerment while being nude. Um, <laughs> and then he actually he had he set up with uh, with Shutter the publication. He set up the Shutter Club, which he managed to get uh, Bella Lugosi, Boris Karloff, and um, Peter Lorre to to join. Really? As like honorary lifetime members, oh, that's awesome. which is pretty cool. That's really cool. <laughs> um, so yeah, like I said, he uh, 91 years old. He passed away. He also 
uh, passed away from cardiac arrest with the assist from a blood infection and E. coli. E. coli? Yeah, I was reading that earlier today. Apparently he was battling E. coli. I wonder if it was from the seafood. I mean, I know the Playboy Mansion has gotten a little dingy in, in days, are they? <laughs> I don't know. Isn't there like some kind of nasty E. coli thing going on with seafood right now? Is there? I don't know. If there or, is, I don't or know. Or salmon or something. Maybe. I, can't, I can't remember. I thought I heard something about that. I don't buy salmon very often, so <laughs> I should, but I don't. I I got nothing. Anyway, yeah. So uh, so anyway, so that's that's it for the um, the deaths for, yeah. for this week. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's get into the news here. Uh, we got a lot of news, so we're gonna try to get through this fast. That doesn't always happen. Yeah. No discussion. Um, let's kind of keep it to uh, okay headlines here. Karen Kusama. We love Karen Kusama. The Invitation was probably one of the best films to come out. Uh, was it 2015 or 2016? Uh, 2016, I think. So last year, probably one of the best films yeah, come out great. last year. Uh, her next film has been announced. She's going to be uh, teaming up with Nicole Kidman uh, to bring a movie called Destroyer, written by the same two guys that wrote The Invitation. Oh, cool! Which is very nice. exciting. Uh, Destroyer follows. Uh, 2015. Did... Was it 2015? Actually, yeah, okay. Sorry. Uh, Destroyer follows the moral and existential odyssey of LAPD detective Aaron Bell, who, as a young cop, was placed undercover with a cult-like gang in the California desert with tra tragic results. When the leader of that gang reemerges many years later, she must work her way back through the remaining members and into her own history with them to finally reckon with the demons that destroyed her past. Uh, I'm in. Like, I feel as though with the... With the, the the setting that Karen Kusama does in her films, like Invitation, a cult setting, is like a natural extension of that. Yeah, and I think this is gonna be fucking awesome. Yeah, for sure. And Nicole Kidman is you know no slouch either. Yeah, she's all right, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Loved her in Eyes Wide Shut. Um, <laughs> um oh, well, oh. so turns out, well, we all know John Carpenter's uh, being more active these days. Yes. Uh, Jason Bloom came out in a in an interview. I always call him Bloom. It's is it Blum? Blum, Blum. I, I think it's Blum. Blum, whatever. Blum, Blumhouse. Uh, Jason Blum was giving an interview and uh, and and was talking about how heavily uh, John Carpenter is influencing Halloween as executive producer, which is awesome. Uh, he said, um, "We don't take any big steps without his approval," which is very cool. Uh, so, for instance, hiring David and Danny McBride, he uh, he approved. He approved their pitch, he approved their first script, he approved bringing back Jamie Lee Curtis, so anytime we make big creative turns, he's involved with that and we don't do anything without his blessing. Uh, he continued, we went to him and asked him to be involved. There was no contractual, financial, or any other obligation to have him on this movie. We went back and asked him to join us again. Uh, I don't, again, I don't, I took a screenshot <laughs> so I don't have the, I don't have the whole, I don't have the whole thing, but. That was uh, from Bloody Disgusting? Yeah. Okay. So basically, it's just it's good to hear that John Carpenter is, has some pretty heavy involvement. He seems in this. to care. Again. Yeah, we've talked about this before. He seems he seems to have a rejuvenation, I think, of of his film career. So I think he's actually having fun with it again. Yeah. I think for a long time he was kind of not, but. Right. Um, okay. Speaking of uh, having fun with things again, um, uh, Neil Bloomkamp kind of got blue balled a little bit in Hollywood and he's mm -hmm. come back with his Oats Studios. Yeah. And uh, they was a little silent for a while there. They weren't putting anything out. And then uh, this past week finally came back with uh, a new short film called Adam the Mirror. And now what this is, this is actually a sequel to uh, Adam Chapter 1, which was released by Unity Technologies as basically a tech demo to show off what their technology can do. I believe they're a gaming, a gaming company. Like A lot of games use their... Um, use their uh, their engine for 
animation. Oh, okay. I believe that's what it's for. I could be wrong. That might be a correction. But (laughs) um, they put out Adam Chapter 1 last year, Mm -hmm. and they signed with Bloom Camp to direct the next two installments. Uh, First one being Adam the Mirror, which was just released, to be followed up uh, probably later within the year, Adam the Prophet. Cool. Uh, They're they're pretty cool, though. Man, Bloom Camp loves robots. He cannot get away from robots. <laughs> or aliens and robots. One of the two. Like, well, he, d- he does them well. So he does do them well. Why, um, why stray from what you do so well? I should, the, the, the characters in this are really, really cool. Basically, it's the idea that um, people are, their brains are transplanted into robots. Not unlike Chappie, actually. Have you ever seen Chappie? Mm-hmm. Uh, the end of it. No spoilers. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, it's not like that, though. We're basically, that's like a punishment. As for for criminals, I'm assuming it's a very nondescript uh, short film. So you kind of punishment. It's what it seems like because they put them into these these robot bodies, these androids, basically, mm-hmm. and then kick them out into the desert. And then some big like Moses looking motherfucker comes and like gathers them up, and they walk to like some place. I don't know. It's weird. <laughs> it, no, it, it's weird because they don't really explain anything. Like it's it's very nondescript. Like you're just kind of watching it happen. Um, and it, there's very little dialogue, um, but it's it, but it's still really cool. The characters look really cool. Yeah, I really really dig. I them, saw so. a picture of one. I I didn't get around to watching the short, so I, I got to go back and check yeah. that out. Um, yeah, pretty cool. Well, moving along, filming of M Night Shyamalan's Glass mm-hmm. uh, began just this past week on October second in Philadelphia. Um, that is scheduled for a January eighteenth, twenty nineteen release, uh, and also Disney joined up with Universal for the distribution. So, oh, cool! Yeah, I thought this went into production really fast, really, really fast. It did, yeah. Well, because uh, Split, Split, kind of. I still haven't seen Split. I haven't either. Um, no, we're, we're terrible. They kind of. <laughs> I know we're off. Well, you should probably do it for your fifty and two mm. that you're oh, catching up on. There you go. Um, because as far as I know, they kind of gave away a little bit of a, a hint or like a spoiler in Split. Yes, they did. That that kind of connected mm-hmm. the two. I, I, it was either at the very end or it was a post credit scene. It was one of the two. I've, right. I, like, I haven't we, seen we, it, but we I, can't I, say know, I know what it is, but I'm not going to say it on here in case anybody hasn't seen it. I haven't, so don't tell so. me. Uh, that's all I got for that one. No, oh, cool. Um, okay, so my last one was about video games. Let's stick on it. Netflix has released a retro-inspired video game for Stranger Things. I just downloaded it. Uh, I've been playing it all day, actually. Yeah. And it's How is fucking it? Fucking awesome. It's. I was watching you play earlier. It's almost kind of like I. It's like a Zelda game. Almost. Sort of. It's a. It's. It's a dungeon crawler. Mm-hmm. You know. Uh, I. It, it. And it's. It's a pretty well done one for a mobile game. Instead of doing the digital uh, joystick, which a lot of games do, which fucking suck. Anybody that's played mobile games knows how terrible that is. Yeah. Your thumb slides off it, and then you don't know where you are. It just doesn't work. Well, especially with the way you play, because if you ever. I hold my phone like a controller. Well, and, and I've watched you play games with controllers, and <laughs> Mike will. I squeeze. Mike man. will get done playing like Mario Kart or something, <laughs> and his left thumb will be will have like a giant like red yeah. raw spot because he there holds used, his controller so hard. There used to be an old um, block, I think it was a Blockbuster video ad for their video game rentals, uh-huh. and it would show the kids playing um, playing games so hard. They have these giant <clears throat> blisters on their thumbs. Oh, Do you yeah, guys remember I remember, those? Yeah, I remember those, yeah. That's me. Yeah. Like, that is absolutely <laughs> me. <laughs> uh, anyway, though, uh, it's awesome. Yeah, it's a dungeon crawler, but instead of having a joystick, it's a... Uh, it's like the the screen has like a grid on it, and you just you tap where you want your character to go. And then they walk. And they you walk tap. towards it, and if you That's tap cool. on a bad guy, he'll go attack the bad guy. And all the different characters, it's kind of like um 
I think Final Fan. I'm not a big Final Fantasy guy, but mm-hmm. I believe there's some games where you could switch. You have a whole bunch of people in your party, and you can switch between which one's active. Oh, they that's all have cool. different abilities. That's how it is in this game. As you start off as uh, uh, the sheriff, Hooper. Hooper. Yeah. And as you find the kids, all the kids have different abilities. One's got a baseball bat, so they can or, tear uh, down. Hopper. I'm Hopper, sorry. Hopper. Hopper. <laughs> uh, one's got a baseball bat, so you can tear down walls. One's got a slingshot, so you can like fire from a distance. Oh, that's like, cool. They all have different things. So are you playing in, as Hopper and then as the kids? Yeah, you play as all. Cool. Of them. Awesome. Yeah, it's 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 awesome. Uh, highly recommend it to anybody who is. Gamically inclined. Gamically inclined. Gamically inclined. That is now a word. <laughs> yep. Um, well, <laughs> so I know that you read an article probably two days ago huh? that uh, production of Bride, and Fra- Bride of Frankenstein was going ahead. This was actually part of my news until. <laughs> <laughs> and then I came in and I said, well, they just announced that production has completely halted. Mm-hmm. They they literally told the, the, cr- the crew just... Go home for now until we tell you to come back. Honestly, God, good. Um, <laughs> I, I think it has everything to do with the fact that the Mummy, even though it was worldwide, it was considered a a success. success. I, I think it made like four hundred million worldwide. It only made twenty million in the states. Um, so I think that they're probably probably going to chop the script down to basically try and cut the budget. It made it. The, the clown movie yes. made almost that in what are we on four week four now yeah and it's fourth weekend last weekend it still pulled in fifteen million right it it and just the it, mummy pulled in twenty for its entire run domestically it just it just broke five hundred million worldwide yeah which is it's, did we already say yeah that? we did oh okay I'm just saying um, though based on like you have four a good movie fourth weekend it can still command that yeah not so much for the mummy yeah um there's actually there's a quote here regarding this news and. Uh, it says, after thoughtful consideration, Universal Pictures and director Bill Condon have decided to postpone Bride of Frankenstein. Uh, <coughs> this was a, a, a statement from Universal to Deadline. Uh, None of us want to move too quickly to meet a release date when we know this special movie needs more time to come together. Bill is a director whose enormous talent has been proven time and again, and we all look forward to continuing to work on this film together. So it doesn't sound scrapped. It just sounds like we're not even going to try to meet they were ar- they were already in pre-production yeah. though so there had to be there that had sounds, to be that, some that big snafu like, a, like they realized the script sucked or they i, I don't know yeah, that sounds I like a very cleanly written uh studio letter <laughs> right exactly so yep there's something going on behind the scenes that they're freaked out about and uh or maybe i, I don't you have two very big names attached to it with javier bardem and uh Angel- An- angelina jolie mm-hmm Maybe they hated the script, you know. Is she playing? Is she playing the bride? I believe so. Yeah. Interesting. So, I guess it's not going to be Javier Bardem. <laughs> uh, yeah. No. Bride. Well, he's no. He's playing the monster. Yeah. Um. um yeah. So. Yeah. Who knows no, what's we'll going see. on with we'll that? We'll see. So every now and then we get little trickles of Ghostbusters news. Mm-hmm. Uh, who knows what to believe at this point? Because so much over the last five years has, even before the remake, and then the remake came out. You know, it, it's it's been a mess. However, we did get some new news that, that Sony is still developing and moving forward with a Ghostbusters spinoff movie um, that is animated, and they're also going to be looking to turn it into a television series. Hmm. Uh, I don't know about you, I loved. The real Ghostbusters. It was one of my favorite shows to watch as a kid. Now, this is the one... 
See, I got this one mixed up when we talked about it on the show before. There was the real Ghostbusters, mm-hmm. and then there was just like the Ghostbusters animated adventures or Which whatever. Which had the monkey. It was like Scooby-Doo with the monkey. No, that was the real Ghostbusters. No. No. Oh, it wasn't? No. So, <laughs> See, you got this. The, the Ghostbusters was was an older cartoon. There was like an, there was an ape and then like a Scooby-Doo looking okay. like group of people. That was the real Ghostbusters. Yeah. No, that was oh, Ghostbusters. Oh, that was just Ghostbusters. <laughs> the reason that it was called okay. the real Ghostbusters okay. is because they are the the real Ghostbusters. They're, right. the, they're the franchise Ghostbusters. I'm all caught up now. Then there was also Slimer and the real Ghostbusters, which happened later on. Yeah. So... Uh, they're looking to do another animated television uh, series and movie. And so this brings up the question. Uh, apparently, it's it's reportedly it's being based around the perspective of the ghosts, not hmm. the Ghostbusters. Huh. That's interesting. So they're going to be so the Ghostbusters basically would be secondary characters to the ghosts. Very interesting take on it. Well, first thing that it makes me think of though is this going to be a Slimer movie? I can uh, see them oh. doing I can see them doing that. Or do you remember the old reports of how Bill Murray would only come back for a third movie if his if the character was killed and his character was a ghost. Oh. This could be an animated movie where Venkman is a ghost. That would be which would be awesome. Yeah, that'd be sweet. So I'm listen, that's just conjecture, but mm-hmm. damn, that'd be awesome. Uh so yeah, we'll keep an eye out for that. Hopefully something comes of it. We'll see. <laughs> cool. Cool, cool, cool. Um, well, we were talking about it earlier, so a little bit of Stephen King news here. Um I lost it. Where the hell did it go? Oh, there it is, way up there. Um, Stephen King adaptations. Uh, I, f- I have a feeling that we're going to see a lot of them coming up here. Yep. We've got It. Uh-huh. Uh, Gerald's Game was Which just released on great, Netflix. Yeah, great I've heard things great about. things about it. I actually was I was, <laughs> I was going to watch it the other night, and then I fell asleep. Go figure. <laughs> um, Andy Machete's already talking uh, It, Chapter 2. Uh-huh. Andy's talking about Pet Cemetery. Uh-huh. Um, now there is talk of... A Salem's Lot adaptation, re-adaptation, because yep. obviously they already did one. Another stand adaptation, mm-hmm. as well as a Insomnia VR series. Ooh, interesting. Which is, uh, do you think this is gonna? You think this is ever gonna take off? Like, is, is it gonna get big? Like the VR series thing? You know, I keep. It's funny. I I think about this periodically because uh, I'm a gamer. Um, well, I used to be a gamer. I don't game as much anymore, but I still keep up on gaming news and all that stuff. Uh-huh. And uh, you know, I keep seeing a lot of these like like PlayStation VR and Oculus games that are coming out, and I go, "Damn, I really want to play these games." Mm-hmm. And part of me, even though I know VR is sort of falling off, like Sony, a lot of their press conferences barely even talked about it this year. Microsoft, they if they were supposed to have a relationship with Oculus, they're not even really doing a whole lot really anymore with them. Um, and it's like I know that it's falling out, but part of me is like. I really just want to take my credit card and just go spend like $700 and buy a PS4 and the VR system and like just have it. Well, it, it makes me it makes me wonder if it's going to if it's actually going to fall off or if they or if they're just waiting until they develop it into something more substantial. But, I don't know. But they thought that they thought that like all this stuff with uh, like the Connect. I was going to say remember when you bought the Connect and you guys were so excited about yeah. it? How many times did you use it? Uh, I used it I used it quite a bit in the first few months, but then then I it's been sitting underneath novelty my shelf for yeah exactly right. But I mean, Wii was kind of along the same lines, and 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 so was the PS whatever the hell mm-hmm. what was the that, thing with the what was that thing called the PS3 one with the like oh, the, the white move, balls on top. Move. Do people play that anymore? Uh, they they use that actually. They repurposed it for uh, PlayStation VR. Those are the VR oh, I see. Uh, uh, okay. controllers now. 
Um, yeah. yeah, they dodged a bullet with that one. They were able to <laughs> repurpose their shit. <laughs> well, yeah, that's good. I, I don't know. Like, it, it'll be interesting to see where it goes. Yeah. Uh, what else? Okay, so if you're interested in watching the new Cult of Chucky movie, uh, we would suggest not watching it on Netflix. Yes. Or watch it. Sure. Either way. But uh, the one on Netflix is not the unrated version. Yeah. Uh, it is the rated R version, which apparently has about a minute of gore cut out. That's it. Oh, is it just, it's only a minute of gore? No, no, a minute of gore might yeah, not guess... seem like a lot, but you break up like a couple of 15 seconds here and there off of certain kills That's or whatever, true. and they can really make a difference. So a minute might not seem a lot, but you're going to get the full effect in all of those different kills. Well, our, our buddy Alex from uh, Beyond the Void mm-hmm. said something about this online, and he and he did say... It's well worth it's it. It's well worth yeah. it to go get the unrated version, so... Yeah. I'm I def I want to watch it like I'm kind of itching to watch it mm-hmm. but I'm I'm gonna wait until one of us picks up the unrated version which which I will soon yeah so. we'll <laughs> when watch. I said one of us I meant you <laughs> yeah pretty much that's kind of what I figured <laughs> <laughs> so um, last week we talked about uh, hocus pocus mm. the classic hocus hocus pocus the the classic. Uh, it's it's basically a kids movie but come on everybody loves it that you don't watch every Halloween apparently. <laughs> I watch it when it's on TV. Like I never <laughs> pop it in, but I will watch it on TV. So we we talked last week about how they were talking sequel. Yeah. And I and I, I even said I was like, so are they bringing back the original cast and everything? And and as far as you knew, you thought they were. Uh huh. Well, now it's come to light that it is a made-for-TV remake, and I've lost all interest. Dude, turn your ringer off. Hey, Vito, you're live on the Buzzkill podcast. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm going to hang up now so that we can continue the show. I'll call you back later. (laughs) Real professional, Michael. (laughs) Bye, Vito. Bye. Bye. What? Bye. Uh, Whoops. That was Vito. He's probably calling to let us know that we were wrong about something on last week's show. Probably no, probably already this week's show. Yeah. Like he, he heard it somehow. <laughs> uh, Turn your ringer off. I did, I did. Oh I'm my sorry. Gosh. <laughs> yeah, no, I've lost all interest. I don't want to see a, I, I don't want to see a remake. No. Because it's mean, gonna no, it's gonna be like they're gonna they're gonna cast people from like Pretty Little Liars and no. and like One Tree Hill, if yeah. that's still a thing. Or it's Twilight. Gonna, or yeah. It's gonna I I don't know. Whatever. Robert Robert Pattinson plays all three Lady Ghosts. That, that, I, mean, I would watch that. I think I'd actually watch that. No, I'm probably being like overly cynical about this, but I don't know. I don't want to see a remake. I want to well, see. I want to see the Sanderson sisters played by the people who should be playing them. Well, speaking of remakes, yes, uh, we just got a Flatliners remake that bombed <laughs> at box office. Did it already come out? Came out the 29th of September. Oh, okay. Bomb. I was going to say, because... Oh, Which, oh, in I'm, fairness, I'm... they didn't put a whole lot of advertising behind it, though. Like, it just kind of came out. Like, there was no fanfare around it. There was no... <clears throat> I don't know. I felt they could have done a better job of building this movie up. Well, we just saw the trailer before we saw it. So, it's like they were showing the trailer for it only three or four weeks before it came out. Yeah, well, I guess. I mean, whatever, but like... Is that, is that typical? That's not typical, is it? To show, uh, I mean, to show, show a trailer until, that sure. close to... Yeah, All right. Okay. Um, anyway, though, uh, so... We thought this was a remake. It's not a remake. It's actually a sequel. Really? Proven by the fact that Kiefer Sutherland uh, is in the re- is is in this sequel uh-huh. and uh, plays the same character that he did in the original movie. Oh. I f- However, okay, I feel like I heard that somewhere, but I took that as Keith Kiefer Sutherland was 
gonna be in the movie but play the same character as in oh well i get i don't, I don't know how uh, are you never, never mind no, I'm, I'm working <laughs> shit out out loud here no okay anyway continue um but you would never know that he plays the same character because the scene that explains it got cut from the movie based purely on the fact that younger audiences didn't get it so they didn't realize there was a an original Flatliners movie, basically. Millennials are fucking stupid. You're a millennial. I know. <laughs> I hate everything about... I hate us. I hate us. I'm like six months removed, or six months away from being removed. Is it, is it, be, it so that's, it's, it's because, it's because... Literally, the test screenings, the, the millennials just, or millennials, the younger audiences <laughs> uh, just didn't, didn't get it. Didn't get it. Basically, like didn't get the reference. So there's a scene. There's a scene where the I guess from my understanding, Kiefer Sutherland's character in uh, this new movie has a different name and everything else. So he doesn't go by the same name, but it's you're supposed to basically pick up the fact that it's the same guy, but he changed his name to not to basically go on with his life. Mm-hmm. And there's a scene at the end of the movie where they're talking about it, and he says, you know, you should uh, death should be treated with respect. Trust me, I know. Mm-hmm. And then he looks at him or something, and like I don't know, he doesn't wink. But I'm assuming like he does the equivalent of a wink. Um, What's the equivalent of a wink if not a wink? Looks at him really okay. weirdly. Okay, is that how you pick up girls in the bar? Just Instead of winking, you just look at him really weird. Give him a dead-eyed stare, twitching. No, uh, but apparently he says that line though, and then the audience was just like, "Huh?" <laughs> they just didn't get it, and so that scene was ultimately cut from the film. Huh. It's like I get fine. I get it. Whatever. Flatliners. It wasn't like it. It's not. Flatliners is not Nightmare on Elm Street. It's not Friday the Thirteenth. I mm-hmm. get it. There's not as big of a following for that movie. That being said, come on, <laughs> <laughs> come, come on, guys. Uh, I don't know. I just want to bitch about millennials for a minute. That's fine. That's pretty you, much it. You go ahead and bitch about your own you generation. Else? Uh, yes. Uh, I don't know if you care about this or not, but Angus Scrim's final film. Hmm. Angus Scrim, well known for uh, the Phantasm movies. Mm. Oh, I was going to say Bushwhacked. Isn't he the guy from Bushwhacked? <laughs> Shut up. Uh, his final film, Dances with Werewolves, 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 <laughs> uh, <laughs> will be available October 31st on Amazon, iTunes, Google Play, and Vudu. Just in case you're interested uh, and you want to know a little backstory on what this movie is about. Cassie flees an abusive relationship and falls victim to a moon-worshipping 600-year-old Romanian countess. A troubled paranormal investigator of Native American heritage finds himself in a deadly love triangle with a battered woman werewolf. She sounds hot. Sounds hot. <laughs> um, I, have you ever watched the trailer for this movie? Uh, yeah, it didn't look great. It looks a little ridiculous. It looks a little rough. It mm-hmm. looks a little rough. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. hey, you know what? It's Angus Grimm's last movie, so celebrate it. For you shizzle. Know? Um, okay, the last thing that I got... Why did I just say I, for I, I was trying to move past it. You wouldn't let me. Uh, the last thing that we have for the news is... Well, I, I do have some blue releases if you oh, want to hear those, but fuck. go ahead. Uh, Judy Greer is in talks to join Halloween to play the character of Karen Strode. So, daughter of... Laurie Strode. Yes. Yes. Played by Jamie Lee Curtis. And apparently not going to be related to Michael in any way whatsoever. Well, we'll see. That's not. Did, that's still. Did projection. anything else come out about that? No, I don't no, know. that's it. She's just in talks. I like Judy Greer, so that's cool. Yep, yep, yep. All right. So what's coming out on the Blu-ray that I can spend all of my money on? All right, on the Blu-ray. Here we're going to wrap this up with uh, Annabelle Creation Blue and DVD combo is out ten twenty-four October twenty-fourth, and on digital ten twenty. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not going to tell you about all the extras <laughs> because we're running short on time here. 
Uh, Scream Factory announced James Cameron's Piranha 2, The Spawning. Oh, I'm excited about this. Uh, January 30th, extras and specs are still in progress. You know um, who's not happy about that? Probably James Cameron. Why? <laughs> because because he like set like walked away from that movie a long time. Oh ago. really? <laughs> well, he distanced himself from it pretty oh, hard. Oh screw yeah. you! Just because you went and made Avatar, and all <laughs> of a sudden you're too good for Piranha 2. Scream Factory also announced Robert England's film Dance Macabre. Uh, that's out January 23rd. Extras and specs also in progress. And all, and the last thing here is not Blu-ray. It is uh, it's Waxwork Records, uh -huh. who make great, uh, uh, great uh, movie soundtrack releases. Do you have you have a couple Waxwork ones, don't you? Uh, I want to say my Evil Dead Two was Waxwork. Right on. I think that it was. Well, they're releasing a double album release of Harry Manfredini's scores for House 1 and 2. Oh, fuck yeah, yeah man. man. I'm in. And I have extra details for that, but I won't tell you because we got to move on. One thing that you don't have on here, I'm just going to say it really quickly. Sure. Stranger Things is finally coming to Blu-ray, oh. season 1. And the packaging is awesome. It looks like the side of an old VHS tape. It's oh, awesome. Very cool. Um, Yeah, uh, blue and uh, DVD packaged together, which I thought was a little bit strange. That's fine. But, uh, but yeah, cool. Cool. Mm, that was the bleed feed. And those are the stories that made the cut. Boom! That was the news! Alright, uh, we're gonna take a quick break here, and then we're gonna get sawed! Throughout this, you'll see faces ripped apart with hooks, a man slashing himself into a bloody pulp, and graphic, macabre, torturous images that defy description. Yeah. You guys want to play a game? Yes. Yeah? Do you want to The play? game is... Who's in my mouth? <laughs> Turn off the lights. I don't like it in that game. <laughs> uh, our intro is actually pretty fitting for this episode. Aren't people all ripped, ripped, apart, people ripped, ripped apart with hooks, slashing themselves to a bloody pulp. Oh, yeah. It's pretty It's pretty fitting for the Saw movies. Um, in case... It, just fun fact, in case people don't know what that's from... It was from a new, our, our intro where the guy's talking about the uh, sl slashing yourself with bloody hooks and shit like that. It's from a news story from the 80s about the Hellraiser yeah. movie, which is pretty funny. Mm -hmm. it, was, it, was, it was basically a news story to figure out like whether or not horror movies were affecting young children's minds. Of course, they thought they were. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They still they do. They still do. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Fuck it's all I'm, a bunch of bullshit. I'm normal. Yeah, you're completely normal. <laughs> all right. Anyway. Ah, oh, the Saw series. The this Saw is, series. This is kind of our. Uh, it's our bread and butter a little bit. We've said it before. Like this is this was the first series that we, you know, because we weren't. Uh, um, the Halloween movies started before we were born. Uh, Friday the Thirteenth started before we were like all the big. Freddy, all yeah, of them all of them started before we were born. We're, we weren't like Jay, or Jay Raj where we were watching these movies when we were like one and a half years mm -hmm. old. But, um, so this was like the first big... Uh, um, franchise that we franchi could follow yeah, from like Inception. Franchise, that's the word yeah. I was looking for. This is the first big franchise that we could follow the entire way. Mm -hmm. And when I first saw the, the trailer for... And continue for, to follow. Yes, exactly. When I first saw the trailer for Saw in 2004, I, well, 2003, I guess at that point... I just lost my mind. I was mm -hmm. like, this looks like the best movie ever. Mm -hmm. And I thought it was when it came out. <laughs> and I, I still and I, I still, still really love this up. movie. I 
I know that a lot of people think that this that this franchise got worse and worse as it went. Um, Who thinks that? I don't know. There's a lot of people. You know, oh, those people are dumb. yeah. Those people are stupid. <laughs> I don't know. I love all of the Saw movies. As do of, I. Of course, like they get they get to the point where you really really have to just kind of dis 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 what the what I, sus- <laughs> jeez that was weird <laughs> suspend disbelief. suspend all disbelief <laughs> because stuff just gets wacky, um, but. You gotta just do it. You just gotta you gotta throw it aside and just be like, let's just do just this. Just chain yourself to a wall and go with just it. Just let yourself be entertained because these movies will entertain the hell out of you as long as you don't have a a, a soft stomach. Because we have friends who can't watch any of the Saw movies. Who? Brian. Oh, fuck Brian. <laughs> People who don't like gore and like awesome movies like that, I don't understand them. They're stupid. I anyway, think my, I think my favorite part about the the saw the entire saw franchise though it's um it's the writing. Mm-hmm. Even though it's gone, they've gone through a bunch of different writers. They seem to all the writers they seem to understand the the fundamental idea of how to write these movies, right. and they get so twisted and not in like a like a macabre way like twisted as in you have no idea how these storylines are going to play out you just you have no idea right there's twists and turns at every at every at every turn and like you i remember when we when we'd first when we were in the middle of the franchise we'd go to the theaters and see saw five and six and seven whatever sure. and uh we'd walk out it was like it was like you could set your cl- your watch by it. We'd walk out and we'd go, how did they know how to do this in the sixth movie without knowing it in the first movie? Exactly. Like, like we, we, we couldn't wrap our heads around how brilliantly, we think, I, there, there will be people that say it's not, but right. we think brilliantly written these movies are because they intertwine with each other in the most brilliant and ridiculous ways possible. Well, because there's, there, there's certain things, like I guess you could really get around around it while you were writing the later uh, installments, but there's certain things like in the first movie from 2004 that you pick up on these little details and it's almost like they almost had to expect that this was going to be a huge success and they were going to be able to continue the story because though. I know that's the thing is they didn't like if Saw, if the original Saw from 2004 had just been just a one and done it would have been fine. Yeah. But there are little aspects of the first movie that you watch and you're like... They creep up in sub- subsequent movies too. Like, Well, not, e- not even creep up. It's like you watch the third installment and you go, you go, they referenced that in the first one. Mm-hmm. You know? Three years ago. There's, they already, they referenced it three years ago. So like they, it, it's just, it's it's pretty crazy. You know, there's uh, there's parts that I was watching in, in uh, the second two movies where there's characters that you'll see and you'll see them for they they literally only have a couple minutes of screen time, mm-hmm. and jump ahead three or four <laughs> movies, and they're they're the parts huge. You're like, yeah. oh my god, what? Like, right. <laughs> we're jumping ahead a lot here. Yeah. Uh, before we start, before we start, we've said this before. We're gonna say it again. Uh, we're no longer trying to even trade as a spoiler-free yeah. podcast. So, es- especially uh, with if these. you haven't seen them, especially with these movies, uh, forewarning, we're gonna probably spoil a bunch of shit. All of the spoilers. All of them. So. Every single one. We apologize if you haven't seen these movies. Go watch them. Come back and listen to this and have a good time. Oh, I had a really good analogy that I wanted to say. Oh, jeez. No, it is good. Your analogies are usually doozies. It's so great. Let's hear it. Uh, you know what? I'm going to save it. I'm going to save it for next for the next, next one to talk about. Okay. It makes more sense. All right. So <laughs> Saw from 2004, uh, directed by James Wan. This mm. was his... Uh, Directorial debut. Feature debut. Also did Dead Silence, Death Sentence, Insidious 1 and 2, Conjuring 1 and 2, Furious 7, Aquaman, the one of the biggest names in 
the horror yes, genre now, like he's, and and he's branching out into now the superhero genre. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, yeah, just very successful guy. Uh, this was written by James Wan and Lee Whannell. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lee Whannell also played one of the two main characters in the movie, mm-hmm. Adam. Uh, so a quick synopsis here of the movie. Two strangers awaken in a room with no recollection of how they got there or why and soon discover they are pawns in a deadly game perpetrated by a notorious serial killer. Yeah. 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 Jigsaw. Bitch. Jigsaw, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you, uh, we have the aforementioned Lee Winnell. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you don't know who Lee Winnell is, just, uh, uh, he, in the Insidious movies, I think a lot of people have seen the Insidious movies. Mm-hmm. So if you haven't, some, somehow if you haven't seen Saw, uh, he was Specs. In Insidious, oh, yeah, and all yeah, the yeah. Uh, Insidious movies, he's also my favorite character in Cooties. Uh, he plays Doug, the oh, socially yeah. inept uh, yeah, guy in great. Cooties. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, Carrie Elwes, who you would know as Wesley from The Princess Bride and Robin Hood, as you wish, from Robin Hood Men in Tights. Mm-hmm. Achoo. <laughs> uh, Danny Glover from fucking everything. Uh, Operation Dumbo Drop. Duh. Duh. Predator, <laughs> Predator 2. Duh. <laughs> Did you know that motherfucker has 195 credits to his I name? believe it, man. That He's all ridiculous. over the place. Um, Ken Lung, uh, who I, I recognize this guy. Could not place him, though. Mm-hmm. Ken Lung, he played Sang in Rush Hour. He was the bad guy's like little henchman, like okay. first-in-command henchman guy okay. in Rush Hour. Uh, and then you have Dina Mayer, who uh, was dizzy in Starship Troopers. Yes, that was good to good to see her back in close. Uh, in close. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was, I like I I don't think I, she was she kind of fell off the radar for a little I, while, didn't she? Or? Well, she she worked. She's been working. I, she's not not anything huge. I think this is probably her her foray back into big Hollywood movies. Right. But um, but she she never stopped working. She was in a lot of other stuff. I had to look up. Uh, I I wanted to look up Ken Long again uh, because I heard. Well, I was, or I read that he was in something big that people would have known him from. He was in uh, Lost. Oh, yeah. He's one of the yep. main characters in Lost. Yep. Um, uh, and then to round it out, Tobin Bell. Tobin Bell. Jigsaw slash John Kramer. Which, <laughs> after I started, you see John, I mean, you see Tobin Bell everywhere. He's a pretty prolific actor. But after I started watching the Saw movies, I can't take him seriously in any other role. I just yeah, it, see he Jigsaw. Is, he is the character through and through, yep. you know. Um <clears throat> oh, like, don't forget Shawnee Smith. She's oh, Shawnee a, Smith, you're yeah. right. You're right. I guess she plays a smaller part in in, in this, this movie, one, but yeah. she she goes on to play a very big role in in at least two, a few of the two other and three movies for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, cool. So uh, so yeah, Saw. Uh, it's basically if you if you've never who hasn't seen the fucking Saw movies. I don't know. Some people. Oh, okay, fine. If you've never <laughs> seen them and you're still with us, wanting spoilers, um, it's basically about these two guys who are chained to a wall in an old industrial bathroom, mm-hmm. and they have to try to piece together why they're there, who they are, and then help each other try to escape, all while getting these little tapes that are basically giving them instructions on how to play the game. Right. And it's it's <laughs> there's there's certain parts like uh, basically Lee Winnell's character is tasked with just getting free. Mm-hmm. Carrie Elwes's character is tasked with killing Lee Winnell's character, which <laughs> that that brings up like a, a major thing for me because uh, the reason this movie is called Saw is Lee Winnell's character Adam finds two hacksaws in a in a garbage bag. In a toilet, which why wouldn't you check the back of the tank first? Well, you just saw all that shit in the toilet and just wanted to start diving into <laughs> he it. He just digs around. Couldn't in a wait. Shitty Finally, toilet. 
He had a reason to. <laughs> but he he knows he knows that uh, Doctor Gordon Lawrence Gordon has been tasked with killing him, yet he throws him one of the hacksaws. Yeah, that you're doesn't right. Doesn't make any sense. Well, in all fairness, though, Gordon didn't really give off that he wanted to do that. Though that's true. He pretty much was like, "Listen, I'm not doing that. We're gonna get out of this together." Um, and another thing that I was thinking about when I I mean, and like I've seen this movie a ton of times, and I always think this. Uh, but I I have children now, and Gordon, Doctor Lawrence Gordon, he says on his tape that I have your wife and your kid, mm-hmm. and they're gonna die if you don't escape from this place. He gives them six hours to escape. By the way. Yeah. Um, if somebody if somebody locked me in a room and told me that I had to get out within six hours, or my wife and kids were gonna die, I would be sawing through my foot within the first minute. Well, I mean, I think that if you if you're more of a level headed kind of person that you realize I have six hours, let me before I saw my fucking foot off, let me see if there's another way to get out of here. <laughs> well, <laughs> Can you imagine him sitting watching the screens and going? Oh my god, the first thing he did was saw his foot off. <laughs> Holy shit! This, this didn't work out well. <laughs> but honestly, it's like, well, okay, uh, maybe not in the first couple minutes, but like, like by the time you reach like the four hour mark and you haven't made any progress whatsoever, absolutely I'd saw my foot off. Yeah, I, I, get, I totally get that. But what are you going to do though? You don't know what's outside of that door. You don't even know if that door opens. You well, don't know. You don't know anything. The rules of the game stated though. I, I, guess, I guess you have to trust that this... Uh, Serial killer is telling you the truth a that you'll be. Heart of gold. Yeah, is, is telling you the truth and that you can actually escape if you want to. But I don't know. Like I, I, I think that I think that I just have to kind of trust that he was being honest about the rules of the game. Yeah. But that would be a hard thing to do, I suppose. Uh, not to do this early, but James, I need a better beer choice. <laughs> well, you want a Bud Light then? Is no, that I'll take the, the same one. I'll no, make, you, want make... the, you said you want the better beer choice. I'll, I'll... <laughs> well, <laughs> touche. Um, thanks, sir. Uh, yeah, one of the things that I that we noticed when we were rewatching this, me and my roommate, uh, whenever they they have the hacksaws, right? They find them in the uh, in the toilet. Yeah. They're trying to cut through the biggest part of the chain as opposed to the little part of the lock. I know. And I've hacksawed through a lock before. You can absolutely do it. <laughs> well, I... And every single time, though, they just go for the thickest part of the chain that they're attached <laughs> to. And suddenly, wait a minute. <laughs> well, and then to that point, too, when uh, when Dr. Gordon finally saws his leg off, why does he saw way up by his calf, like above the shackle? Why wouldn't you just, like, you could just as easily, like, basically, the shackle's pretty big around his ankle. Mm-hmm. Basically, all you'd have to do is cut the front of your foot off, and you'd be able to slip the whole thing well, off. Somebody else in another movie gets it right, sort of. Not really. I was gonna say sort of. <laughs> Talking about in the second movie, sort of. We'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get oh, there. Jeez. Um, okay, so I, I don't want to go. Th- I don't want to give. There's a lot of stuff that we can give away in this movie, and I, there's gonna be stuff that we're going to. I don't want to give it all away. Necessarily. Let's just talk about why we like it. Yeah. And, and our favorite parts and stuff. I think what I what I love the most about this is that uh, Jigsaw is not your standard serial killer. As he very aptly puts it, either in this movie or one of the second or the second movie, he's never killed anybody. <laughs> he makes a point to say that <laughs> several times throughout the series, and that's I mean, it's false. Well, he, he <laughs> You are a serial killer, I'm sorry. You're setting it you're setting up ways for people to die, yes. However, he he does give them the opportunity to escape if they're willing to do it. So it's not like he's holding a gun to their head and pulling the trigger. He's just making them pull the trigger themselves. I think uh, Donnie Wahlberg actually says that, doesn't he? He says, he says, if I put a gun to somebody's head and force him to pull the trigger, you're still a murderer. 
No, me and Donnie Wahlberg are not, I guess. <laughs> You guys just have the one right stuff. Dang, I was just going to make one of those references. You know, it's such a bummer. I was like, I, like, as we were getting ready to do this episode, I was like, dude, I'm going to make so many new kids on the block puns. And then we go and see It, and there's all kinds of new kids so on the block many. puns. And now I just feel like a shyster for trying to, like, I just feel like I'm going to be stealing jokes from It and if I try to the do best, it. Not, not to go back to It real quick, but my roommate Jen is a massive new kids fan. Like and, like follow them around the country kind and of massive new kids James, fan. Me, James, and Aaron were laughing, and Jen too, were mm. laughing our asses off every time there was a new kids reference in you, It. You know because you know she was just sliding was out of just, her chair. She was just dying <laughs> sitting next to me. <laughs> Um, yeah, anyway. Saw. Sorry, yeah, saw. <laughs> um, no, I, I do like the I do like that though. It's a different whether whether he's a killer or not, though, he's a different kind of serial killer, right. you know? He's interesting. Yeah. He's a very, very interesting. interesting serial killer. I wouldn't if I was the cop, I almost be like, Well, I don't want to stop him because I want to see who he's gonna do next. <laughs> what's he gonna do next? Fuck those people. They're all drug addicts and <laughs> and hit and runs and like fuck those people. I don't know, there's definitely like some people throughout the series who seem to deserve it more than others. Sure. Like, sure. like Adam is put in this situation, and uh, he's a photographer. Like, granted, he he's he's a bit of a he's a bit of a voyeuristic makes, photographer because he makes money off of the suffering of others, basically. Well, like not the, suffering; he spies on people. Well, he makes he makes a living off of other people's unfortunate situations. Well, you know, they're suffering. Other people are suffering when their their husbands and wives cheat on them or whatever, and he's tasked with basically proving that they're pieces of shit. Yeah, I guess so. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it's not the same as like murdering somebody, I guess. But there's there the idea behind a lot of Jigsaw's puzzles are just the fact that like you you're kind of a shitty person in all facets. He he holds them you all know? to the same standard. Yeah, like shitty is shitty. There, it's it's a very <laughs> it's a very clear dividing line. Either you're good or you're shitty, and I guess no matter I, what you do, you. I guess if I were Adam and I was just taking pictures of people, I would really feel like I was getting the shaft though. <laughs> <laughs> no. Like, yeah. I'm not that bad. True, true. <laughs> I, well, and that kind of, that kind of brings me to uh, like I thought that Doctor Gordon Lawrence Gordon is his name, uh, mm-hmm. Carrie Elvis. Uh, I thought that that his character was a lot more sympathetic. Like I felt for his character. Yeah. Um, and then you hear more of his backstory later on. You realize, oh fuck this guy. Yeah. Saw your fucking foot off, <laughs> loser. But like, like for the most part though, his his character is very is very is very sympathetic. He's got a wife and kids. They're, it's not the happiest marriage in the world. He's got issues, but like he hasn't done anything terribly wrong. Like clearly he loves his wife and kid as as the movie progresses, he's bragging about them to Adam, showing him pictures and whatnot. Like he really does care about them. They're just his, he and his wife are at an impasse, you mm-hmm. know? And so you, you have all this very sympathetic leanings towards him. And then he ends up like cheating on her and shit, whatever. But like, <laughs> uh, he's kind of a piece of shit after that. And you realize that's why he's kind of in that situation. I was reading, a, I was reading a thing and it was like, it was kind of questioning, had he ever actually cheated on his wife? Cause they make it seem like they make it seem like yeah maybe he did but like <laughs> just just little like little details like the girl that he was in the hotel room with is still calling him Doctor Gordon. Do you would you refer to somebody as Doctor Gordon if you were sleeping I, with him? What I took from it is that he did that a lot with different girls from the hospital. Oh, I see. Yeah, that's, that's possible. That's kind of how I took it. Um, and she seemed very new at it and this and that too, but like he. He clearly knows what he's doing, though. He probably right. told her to get the or get the hotel room. Um, if if we didn't mention it later on in the story, uh, it comes to light that he was cheating on his wife, and he yep. went to a hotel room. That's why Adam was taking pictures of him. However, neither 
Dr. Gordon doesn't know Adam was doing it, though, until the very end of the movie. Right. Um, let's talk about the, um, the the other characters in the movie. Yeah. Uh, you have, uh, not Dizzy. Her name's not Dizzy in this one. Dizzy? Uh, Carrie. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Played by uh, Dina Meyer. Uh-huh. Uh, Carrie and uh, Don, uh, Danny Glover. Mm-hmm. Uh, Danny Glover... Uh, his his whole backstory basically is that he used to be a cop or whatever, and he was hunting down Jigsaw. Right. And he ended up getting his throat slashed. Yeah. Uh, quit the force or got discharged one or the other. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he kept this case alive. He becomes he, kind he, of obsessed with it. Completely obsessed. Yeah. His whole dingy apartment. There's just it's newspaper articles and and papers and photos and everything just stuck to his wall. You see a crazy person doing right. it. Right. And he becomes obsessed with trying to find Jigsaw. Mm-hmm. And uh, he finally does find him, and then he gets killed. Well, and, <laughs> but but he thinks that it's Dr. Gordon. He does think it's Dr. Gordon. Because uh, at, at basically at one of the crime scenes, um, Jigsaw has at some point stolen one of Dr. Gordon's pen lights mm-hmm. and then left it outside of the crime scene to kind of throw the cops off the trail and also like put them on to Dr. Gordon's trail, mm-hmm. which was all part of his grand scheme to ultimately end up getting Lawrence Gordon into this dingy old bathroom. <laughs> yeah. Um, so oh, yes. I, I want to clarify something real quickly. Yeah. I said that Carrie, I made it sound like Carrie and Dan Glover were partners, uh, uh, Danny Glover's character is Detective Tap. Yeah. Carrie and Tap are not partners. Carrie is just another uh, like detective, I think, within the force. And it's 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 Danny Glover's character and Ken Long's character who are the... Yeah. They're the... He plays Detective Singh. Yeah. Um, Carrie ends up kind of being like, in the next couple movies, she's... She takes the forefront of that role, basically. Well, she becomes like the jigsaw expert. Yeah. She knows the ins and outs, everything about... Uh, about the cases mm-hmm. regarding Jigsaw. So, yeah. um, then you also have, uh, well, I guess, like I said, J- Shawnee Smith doesn't really play a huge role in this one, but she does. She's she's probably the most recognizable character character in the entire movie because she has probably the most recognizable trap Ooh. in the entire series. The I'd reverse say. bear trap, which to this day still there's so many there's so many great traps in the saw movies and i've always loved the saw movies for this very reason because it, the traps are all so inventive and mm-hmm. like and just and I cool believe, and different like you were saying like these are it's completely different from anything you've ever seen I, in any the other the reverse movie. bear trap was in your top 10 deaths i believe it was in, yeah uh, in, in our, our first countdown that we did <sighs> wait was it i think it was is no. it one of our no no, it- no no you just used it as the you used it as the the thing cuz does it have, did I put it in my? Eh, might have. I don't. <laughs> I can't remember. That was like twenty episodes ago. Um, but uh, to me, that trap has always been kind of the, kind of the uh, like the poster child. It, well, it is. Of the it's, entire it's the Saw most series. well-known trap I think of the entire series because mm-hmm. how because they used it in the first movie. Right. Then they also use it again way later down the line. I think it's in six or seven. Well, one and it, or two. Well, and it shows up also in two. And yeah, three, yeah, it does. It, you it does know, like they keep, they keep going back to to that trap, and it kind of embodies what I think of as Jigsaw. Like later on in the series, it really gets kind of crazy, and this is why I said that you have to suspend disbelief because later in the series, the traps get bigger and more elaborate, more elaborate and more unbelievable, and like y- you would basically have to have unlimited funds and time and yeah. and know how to never, be able never, to build these traps. I never understood where. Jigsaw got all of his money from to do all this, but well, he, well he's an engineer. True, but, engineers but make a lot of money. Parts still cost money. <laughs> yeah, 
Well, but that's that's why I love the reverse bear trap so much is because it looked like it was just pieced together with a bunch of ran, random parts. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It was uh, it was it was all rusted out, and it was just cogs and wheels and like just pieces of scrap metal that were just kind of pieced together, and it ends up being like the most intimidating looking thing. It's it's so cool. Fun fact: When Lee Winnell and James Wan shot their original short film for this movie, mm-hmm. uh, which basically they just took a scene out of the script, which was the reverse bear trap scene. Right. They shot it uh, as a. a Sort of a short film, sort of proof of concept. They were trying to get funding off of it. Right. They actually built the reverse bear trap themselves. Oh, like, really? They built that themselves. And uh, James Bond also built the first Jigsaw puppet. The the one that oh, you've the seen. Oh, the Billy puppet. The Billy puppet. When you see it, it's the, for those of you who don't know, don't know, it's the puppet with the spiral, red spirals on its cheeks mm-hmm. and it rides the uh, tricycle. Very recognizable uh, nowadays. Yeah, oh, yeah. It's yeah. iconic now. Uh, but James Bond built the original one that you see in the first Saw movie himself. Yeah. He actually brought that like to the States with him. Well, it was just, uh, it was it was paper mache. Yeah. And he used uh, um, ping pong balls painted black for the eyes mm-hmm. and then like uh, paper towel tubes And they used uh, the body. fishing line to yeah. animate it. In subsequent movies, though, they, re- they rebuilt it. So they, they actually, had animatronics yeah, it was, it was and all that stuff. Puppet, yeah. But um, I thought that was interesting. Um, so... When I when I first the very first time that I saw this movie, one of the reasons that it stuck with me so much is because of the ending, and we can't not talk about the ending. Oh man! Um, so let's set the scene. So we're in this industrial bathroom. You have uh, uh, Doctor Gordon and Adam chained mm-hmm. to either side of the room. Neither of them can figure out how to get out. They both had realizations of who they are. They now know. Uh, Lawrence now knows that Adam was taking pictures of him. You know, and all this stuff. Like every everything's out in the open. Yeah. Uh, it's getting down to that last six hours. Doctor Lawrence get, or D- Gordon gets frantic, cut chops his fucking leg off with the hacksaw. <laughs> um, in a crazy. That whole scene is awesome. Yeah, because Gordon at in, this in a point, fit of rage, Gordon like, at this point just loses it, and uh, and starts sawing into his own leg. And then Adam's reaction is great. He's, like, He's oh, just like, oh no. Oh, just like so horrified, <laughs> screaming, and and exactly what I would be doing if I was mm-hmm. watching somebody else saw their leg off. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but basically now, to oh go ahead. No, go go. To to get to the to get to the ending. Um, well, I'll say I was I was oh, the scene. Ahead, so ahead. you have one guy in one end of the room, another guy in the other end. Now in the middle, we didn't mention this yet, but in the middle, uh, when the movie first opens, it's pitch black. Mm-hmm. Lights flick on, and then you get like a survey of the room. And you see that there's a dead body lying in the center of the room, gun in one hand, uh, from shooting himself, presumably. Right. And tape, he's there. Tape player in the other. Yeah, and he's there the entire movie. He's he's just laying there, you mm-hmm. know. And um, there's part and there's part of the uh, the tapes that you're listening to has to do with the blood, how the blood, you know, there this guy died because he had poison in his system. Right. There's, there's a whole like other little story behind it. Um, so when you get to the end of the movie, things don't go. Um, they go they go as planned, but something changed at one point in time. They tried to fake their way out of it, the two of them. Oh yeah. And uh, the person behind the camera, because there's a camera watching them, you know, assume assumably shocks them through the chains, or whatever. And they, they, this thing happens. You find out though that at the end, after everything goes down, he cuts his leg off, and then suddenly the body in the middle of the room just gets up. Which was one of the most shocking things it, when I first saw this movie. I was like, my I didn't know how to take this it in. It blew my fucking mind. Well, because you're just assuming 
throughout the entire movie that whoever's watching them on the monitors, watching this surveillance camera, is the killer, uh-huh. is the the guy who set this all up, and they don't they don't lead you in any direction other than other than that. Yeah, and it it becomes apparent that it's an orderly from the hospital. They even do, yeah, they do like a reveal, like oh, he's the guy that yeah. you saw in the beginning of the like, movie. Oh, he's yeah. the well, killer. He's, he seemed kind of weird, so it's yeah. like it makes sense. But uh, and then suddenly, this body that's been laying in the middle of the floor for all of these six hours, it, it, and it's 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 super freaky too because he's not in focus. Yeah. Because the focus is on Adam's face at that point because he just watched. Lawrence Gordon crawl out of this room with one leg. Yeah. And then all of a sudden this and the focus is on his face and then and in the Adam's, background Adam's shot at this point. Adam is shot because 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 they, of reasons. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's there's so much to these movies that we can't get into all of it, but um um you see this body pop up and it's like what the fuck? Like what's going? On? Mm-hmm. And then he peels the the gun wound off of his head. The it's prosthetic. it's just prosthetic makeup. And he yeah. looks at Adam and he just tells him the key to that shackle is in the bathtub. Like, he basically just tells him, like, this whole time you could have gotten up and... and but the, well, the key went down the drain, though. But the, that's the yeah. very first shot of the movie is you see that key go down the drain, but you don't know what You're, it is. It's like a little light attached to like it. A little and glow you see stick the light go down the drain. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and that's, like, one of the biggest mind-blowing parts Yep. In the movie, like up until this point, I don't think I had ever seen a movie like this that really, no, no. really seriously blew my mind. That's why it worked so well. Yeah, and that's why it blew up to the extent that it did. Absolutely, this was one of the most profitable movies of all time. They shot it on a budget of like 1.5 million, and it grossed like 56 million or something like that. I thought it was even more than that. I thought uh, it was well, like I think it was, that might have just been domestically. I, don't I think know, I, but I like, think it was like 150 worldwide or something, but yeah. something ridiculous like that. Um, and then you basically just have Adam. Like, he's screaming as 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 John Kramer. You find out this is John Kramer Jigsaw. Um, he's screaming as he like closes the door, and you just see it, like he he walks out and he says "Game over." Yeah, that it's become like a completely iconic scene and a iconic saying for the entire series. And slams the door, and then it cuts to black, and there's no music, there's no score. You just hear Adam screaming. Yeah. And and then it just kind of fades out. I remember sitting in the theater, and it was just dead quiet, and nobody moved. Like usually, people get up at the at the credits and like walk out of the theater. No one did. No one moved a muscle. Everybody that, just sat there, like, "What the fuck?" That end scene you'll hear at the end of the episode for hmm. uh, for our outro. I had to put it in there because it's such a, <laughs> it's such a good like just visceral audio clip. Uh-huh. Um, and here, one of the things I do love about these movies too is they rub it in the audience's face that you're an idiot. Because at the end of all of these movies, they do a montage at the end that sort of explains and shows you everything that was put right in front of your eyes and you just missed. Right. And it's kind of like a, it's kind of like the filmmakers going, fuck you, we got you. And they just throw <laughs> it in your face. Everything that was so point blank in your face. Yeah. Because in the beginning of the in the beginning of the movie, you see Dr. Lawrence mm-hmm. uh, Gordon in a medical in a, in a in a patient's room mm-hmm. giving a little seminar to like four or five med students. Right. And there is a patient in the bed, and then there's an orderly that walks uh, walks in from behind, that basically says, "Well, that patient has a name. He's a very interesting interesting man." Mm-hmm. That's the guy that you think is the killer of the entire movie. You only see him the, for a the, split the second in the beginning. Yeah, the orderly. But then you realize the guy in the, in the hospital bed. Is John Kramer, and and you know what I you know what I didn't know 
You're gonna bust out about the paper? Yeah. Yeah. I, I I actually had never even never noticed. It I myself never either. noticed it myself until I was reading about it just within the past few days. In that scene, when uh, when Lawrence Gordon is telling all of his uh, residents about this man who has a uh, inoperable brain tumor, mm-hmm. and then Zepp comes up and says his name is John. He's a very interesting man. They cut to John laying in the bed and laying right in front of him on on top of his like. Uh, his little table that mm-hmm. stretches over the bed. He actually has a blueprint drawing of the reverse bear yep. trap. He's planning it right then and there. Like <laughs> it's mind blowing the stuff that's literally put right in front of your eyes and you don't even see it. Right. It's crazy. Yeah. That's why these movies excel so much. Mm-hmm. And it's so quick. I mean, you never would notice it until mm-hmm. you went back and like rewatched it frame for frame. You know, it's but it. I love that people catch that kind of stuff and then let let you know. As a fan, I love that because I, I, I don't think I would have ever noticed it. Mm-hmm. But hearing that stuff as these movies came out, it, it made me, not necessarily on the first viewing, but it made me go back after I like started to rewatch these movies. It, it made me start to go through with like a really fine-tooth comb. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and start to look for things that, like look for connections throughout the movies that you wouldn't have seen. And they happen everywhere. Yeah. You know, like there's a there's a character in number two, which we'll get to uh, in just a couple seconds here. There's a character from number two that actually shows up briefly mm-hmm. in number like six, I think. Yeah. And, yeah, and you almost don't even recognize her. Like she's she's there only for like a, a split second. But then when you start to think about it, there's you're a like, guy, there's shit, a guy that's a chick from number two. In three that does the same thing. Exactly. It's crazy. Like, you know, I will <laughs> use the now. I said I was going to wait for this analogy to use it. Uh, in later episodes, just, just I'm gonna say it. these movies, these first three movies especially. It's like you know when you make a braid, you have three three lines or whatever, and you braid them together. Mm-hmm. That's like these first three movies, right? Is that you how you fin- make friendship bracelets? Yes, you you finish <laughs> you finish these this this initial trilogy, mm-hmm. and you have all these stories that are so tightly wound together, and they're perfect. Like this would have made a great trilogy. It really would have. Mm-hmm. Um, but the way that they interlace things. It's as if they made this braid super loose and then started intertwining other laces in between the loops of this braid. So you get a really awesome friendship but, bracelet. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. The best friend, the best friendship bracelet. <laughs> but but you know what I'm saying though? It's like it's it's they keep intertwining yeah. new th- things into the fabric of these movies. Right. And it's mind-boggling how well it works out because like I said, you think how did they do 6 without knowing 6 when they were writing 1? Right. Like how did they, like, yeah, mind is like, <laughs> that's why we said like whether it, you yeah. like these movies or not you have to admit that they're very cleverly written sure sure um the thing that i'll end with on two that we could that could uh or for one that we could just transition into uh two with because this goes throughout the entire series is the score i i love the score in this movie like this is it's become it's become very iconic to me like uh, especially the the main theme it's called hello zep mm-hmm which is, you know, Zepp is the, the orderly. Yeah. But the entire score was uh, written and, and, and performed by Nine Inch Nails keyboardist Charlie Clouser. Oh, I didn't know that. Um, he scored it, scored the entire movie in three weeks um, and then ended up going on to do the entire Saw series. Really? Yeah. And I actually noticed uh, as I was watching three today that uh, Wes Borland was 
Oh no! Shit. Was part of the band that played in, in. Hey, you know him. The third. Yeah, yeah I was going to say Jay, Jay's new we're best like, friend, Wes Borland. We, we get coffee on Saturdays. <laughs> so, you know. uh, yeah, so that's uh, that's pretty much we we pretty much beat number one to death there. So let's move nah, on to the second no, one. No pun intended. <laughs> um, okay, so Saw Two, no longer directed by James Wan. Uh, directing uh, went to uh, a little guy named Darren Lynn Bowsman. Which at the time he was very little known. Darren this, this was another guy who this was his first time basically at the helm yep. of a feature. Yep. So he would go on to do Saw three and Saw four. Mm-hmm. Uh, my favorite musical of all time: Repo, The Genetic Opera, The Devil's Carnival, The Barons, just to name a few. He's guy's got a, a awesome filmography. Um, I highly recommend all of his flicks. Yes, uh, once again, it was uh, so not totally written by Lee Winnell. Here's the weird thing about Saw 2. Saw 2 was a spec script. It was not a script specifically written for the Saw franchise. Well, it was actually an idea. It was written by Darren Lynn Bowsman, yes, right? Yes, it was a movie called The Destroyers, I believe. No, The Desperate. The Desperate, that's what it was. Destroyers. Des- Destroyer! <laughs> um, it was a movie called The Desperates that Darren Lynn Bowsman had been shopping around for a while. He almost got signed to make it until Saw took off. Right. And then suddenly the studio was like, no, no, you need to come here with us because your script is very similar <clears throat> to a Saw movie. Well, they actually, he he was shopping it around and, and, and somebody got a hold of it and they're like, eh, it's it's too saw-ish like it's too much like Mm -hmm. saw and then actually james wan heard about it and thought we could spin this into a saw movie well however it happened yeah he got brought on lee winnell then rewrote the script with uh darren Mm limbausman and it became what we now know as uh saw 2 and this came out in 2005 um another thing that i do love about the series that this these were movies that came out every single year yeah so every year at Halloween, there was a new song. It was always something to look forward for to every single seven year. seven straight years. Yeah. And then they took, what, six years off before we're getting Jigsaw now? Yeah, when, when was the last one? Two, I forget. Th- we're not there yet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so this one also, get, again, uh, starring Tobin Bell. He's back as Jigsaw. Uh, Shawnee, Shawnee Smith is back as Amanda. Uh, newcomer Donnie Wahlberg. Donnie the Wall. Mm-hmm. Wahlberg. He, he hangs tough in this one. <laughs> Uh, plays Eric Matthews. Uh, and then you have a whole list of people that play uh, the five characters that are stuck in the room. I mean, who or cares? six characters. Who cares who they are? Fuck them. <laughs> um, Dina Meyer is also back as Detective Carey in a much more, uh, much, much, much more bigger role. <laughs> <laughs> that's what, like you said earlier, that's what I really like about this series too, is they introduce characters that play tiny little roles in, in uh, like previous installments. Because this is, I, uh, in this one, you also meet um, Riggs. Yes. Who basically plays, I mean, he's got quite a few lines, but for the most part, he's just, he's just kind of. A, he's like, he's, he's just, like the leader of the SWAT team, He's just right? kind of a, yeah, he's yeah. like, he's like the SWAT captain or whatever. And yeah. he's just, he's just there. Like he's, he's got a lot of lines, but you don't really consider him like a main character or anything. But no, then. He's, he's a good supporting role. And not to jump ahead or anything, but I'm going to. In Saw 4, he's the lead character, uh-huh. the main character. Uh-huh. So that's what I really like about the series. Um, this movie pass- passes the torch a lot throughout movies. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Um, okay, so this one is a little bit different. This one um, is the first movie where you start to see a little bit more of the Saw formula and that you get a bunch of random people 
put in a series of traps and they have to work their way out of it. Mm -hmm. This is a theme that you will see uh, a little bit more played out throughout the rest of the series. Uh, the first Saw movie was a lot more contained, I think. Um, which is which is fine. They, it was definitely franchised. Well, well at this it was point. it was obviously. I mean, in the first one, it was for budgetary reasons. They sure. really didn't they didn't sure. have the budget to do these massive set pieces with like tons and tons of traps. So they did what they could. Sure. And uh, and it ended up awesome. So, uh, but yeah, in this one, you have what is it? Eight people. Uh, a detective and his team must rescue eight people trapped in a factory. That's not right. <laughs> IMDb for. Fuck's sake! They're not in a factory. They're in a house. What? Why is it? What's that look? Is it a house? Yeah, it's a house. What kind of factory do you know that looks like that? I don't know. I guess I never really paid attention to the surroundings. <laughs> it's a house. Eh, okay, fair enough. It's yeah. It's like it was filmed probably in a factory. Maybe that's where that came from. Well, a lot of these movies were filmed like uh, I think I think two and three were both like. The entire films were filmed all in in one giant building, yeah. but they so it was the first one. They built uh, well, obviously, because it was just one room basically. But uh, they built these other set pieces within the confines of these giant buildings. Mm -hmm. So, well, I, I guess I guess this set was interesting because it looked like a house that they were stuck in, but then once they toward the end of the movie, once they get like down into the cellar, it it does seem like it's attached to a factory. Or something, right? So maybe it is a factory. Because it leads down to a certain area that might be kind of recognizable from the first movie. All right, so Saw 2, uh, it's about uh, Donnie Wahlberg's character. Uh, his uh, He's got like a, a weird relationship with his son. He and his wife are a little bit estranged. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, his son gets kidnapped mm -hmm. by Jigsaw. Jigsaw lets himself get caught essentially which is interesting. Now you So you have, in the, in, instead of Jigsaw lying face first on the floor now you have him as a centralized character with lots of dialogue, lots of screen time, mm -hmm. and you really, you really get the sense of who John Kramer is in this movie. You, uh, you realize that he has a terminal brain tumor, well, which they say in the first movie, but well, they do. But then you, you explore a lot more yeah, in yeah, the yeah. second movie. He's got a brain tumor. Uh, he's in the process of dying, and throughout his process of getting diagnosed, something in him snapped, and he suddenly appreciated life and hated anybody that didn't appreciate their life and was throwing it away and making poor life choices and this and that. Well, he actually tried to kill himself after he got this uh, this diagnosis. Like he and had, when he survived, right, he everything he, changed. He drove his car off of a cliff mm -hmm. and, and a situation in which he should have died, but he crawled from the wreckage and realized, I'm alive for a reason. He said, I'm, I'm basically going to spend the rest of my days on this earth testing the fabric of human life. Because mm -hmm. he said, people nowadays don't have that survival instinct anymore. Yes. Um, so that's what he's doing. So his his way of setting up this game in this one, though, like I said, was to get caught. And all of the MY, or MYP, is it MY? No. Mm, I don't Do we even know where it is? Come I'm to think of it? I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, uh, the police, all the police detectives and the SWAT team, everyone, you know, they, they find out where he is. And this is where the game basically begins. There's a, a, a series of monitors set up of a bunch of people stuck in a house. One of them is Donnie Wahlberg's son. Mm -hmm. And so the whole movie is Donnie Wahlberg trying to get Jigsaw to tell him where his son is. Right. And uh, it's this like spiral sort of into madness with that character, just freaking out and freaking out and freaking out. Uh, meanwhile, in the house, you have very different character types. You have the uh, the, the big butch motherfucker who <laughs> will 
kill everybody. Xavier. You have a prostitute. Mm-hmm. You have a, the, the character of Laura. What did she do? Um, you they, she doesn't talk a whole lot in the movie. There's there's a lot there's a lot that's cut out. Of, uh, apparently, there was a lot of expose about these characters that was cut out. And mm-hmm. from what I read, I don't. I'm I'm actually going to question this because after reading something else on IMDb today, I realized that I'm pretty sure it's like Wikipedia, where just anybody can say anything they want, <laughs> and it has to do with this movie actually. Um, basically, she was a shoplifter. <laughs> Which, I don't know why shoplifting would make you worthy of going through one of these tests. Like that doesn't seem like. Yeah, no, I'm gonna. I'll be with you on that. Yeah, one. I'm gonna call bullshit on this. That's uh, weird. And the other thing that I was the other. Well, we'll get to the other thing that I was talking about. You have another guy who was in prison with big, big buff dude. He wasn't in prison with him. He just did a stretch at the same place at Joliet. So he was in prison with him. Not in prison with him. He did a stretch oh, at the same okay, place. Oh, okay, okay, fair enough, fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. Um. Who else was there? Uh, um, there was the kid. Yes. Well, the son, yeah. Uh, there was Amanda. Amanda. Shawnee Smith from the mm-hmm. first one who was in the reverse bear trap. Who, at this point in time in the movie, though, you don't know where she really came from. You just know that she's back in another trap. Right. Uh, she's basically giving. She's basically telling them the rules, and as she goes, I've done this before. I know how this guy works. And she's kind of the... I don't want to say the uh, the mastermind behind getting out or anything like that, but well, she's kind of like leading them in the very beginning of like, oh, well, you know this. Well, she just she just knows the way it's the way it's played out is she she wakes up, she's horrified that she's in this situation again, mm-hmm. and they basically ask her, well, if you've survived Jigsaw before, why are you here again? She yeah. said, well, I I haven't been very good to myself because in the first movie she was in the reverse bear trap because she was a junkie. Yeah. And in the second movie, uh, the reason she gave was because she was slitting her wrists and cutting herself, not not appreciating the life that she had managed to take back from Jigsaw originally. Yep. Um, which comes into play in the next movie. Which does come into play. <laughs> um, so yeah, and then there's and then there's Gus, who basically dies within five minutes because yes. he's the stupidest person he alive. Really is. Hey, don't do this! I'm gonna do it. That's the thing. That's the thing. Like, it's one of the things about these movies that you have to look past is like people are fucking stupid. Yeah, they really are. Because they open up this envelope that Amanda finds in the wall because she knows that it's a game and you have to look for clues. She they, immediately finds it too. They open up. They open up this envelope and it's got a key and it's got a note that says, "Do not attempt to use this key on the door." And Xavier, the big dude, goes, fuck that, I'm going to do this. And then the other guy goes, yeah, that's a good idea. That's a terrible idea. And Amanda goes, don't do it. He told you not to do it. And so as Xavier is trying to use the key on the door, the other guy looks through the peephole (laughs) and gets shot in the face. Yep. Uh, I mean... I, that survival of the fittest, I guess. You I know? suppose so. Um, so, here's the, so here's the deal with this house. Uh, there is a toxin gas. Toxic. That, toxic gas that is being let off in through the air vents in this house and they have basically about two hours to get out of the house before their innards turn to mush yeah jig, and jigsaw on the on the initial tape explains that the doors will open and unlock in 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 three hours but you only have two hours to live because this nerve agent is destroying your insides uh-huh. which even if you manage to even if you manage to get one of the antidotes at like two hours and, uh, well, like an hour and forty-five minutes. Don't you think most of your insides would be 
Yeah, you'd be pretty fucked up. You'd be the, pretty fucked up at that. That's point. one of those things that you have to just kind of you have to kind of throw logic to and, the wind. And they do start feeling the effects pretty soon after the movie starts. So right. They, they have a hard time breathing. So coughing up blood and blood. stuff. Like yeah. yeah. So it it starts pretty immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think of the traps in this one? Well. I was actually going to say, we didn't even discuss the traps from the first one other than the reverse bear trap. That's fine. People can watch it. Yeah, it's fine. (laughs) Barbed wire. There's, uh, yeah. (laughs) I like the barbed wire one. That one always freaked me out. You know what got me the worst in this one? In the first one? No, in two. Oh, which, what was it? The needle pit. Oh, Oh, that fucking (laughs) needle pit. Oh. I... I like, because you were talking about it. I have it anxiety. You, I literally have anxiety over that scene. You I were talking do. about it a few weeks back, and I was just like, man, I hadn't seen Saw 2 in a while. That was, was in my, like, that was in my one of my top 10 yeah. kills. 100%. And I was just like, eh, like yeah, that's, I guess it's pretty gruesome. And then I rewatched it. I rewatched Saw 2, and I was just sitting there going like, oh, it's horrifying. Oh, my God, it is. Like, there's people in these movies that have to, like, cut their arms off. There's people who have to, like, uh, uh, like try and cut their eyes out and mm-hmm. stuff but for some reason this pit of needles is just the worst thing yep, to watch yep. it's like you push your hands down to try to get up and they're going through your hands your knees your feet funny, everything funny but then part. but at, but then at some point she just starts going crazy and like yeah. swiping the needles away and like every time she does that you more just and more gets stuck into yeah. her arm um funny funny part about that scene is that those were real syringes that were in that pit yeah and it took a group of four people uh, four days, I think. Four days to replace all of the real uh, uh, syringe tips with plastic tips. It was like, oh, wow. with like and there a fiber a hundred, optic tip. Hundred and twenty thousand of them were in that pit for that wow. scene. Did you and hear then the while I, they were I filming? Some I don't know why they had real syringes anywhere near that that area, but somehow a handful of real syringes got dropped into the pit, and they had to halt production and basically find the needle. In a needle stand. <laughs> <laughs> my guess, my guess is that they were just ha- they had the people just literally sitting by the pit with box- them, boxes probably. of the needles, replacing them with the fiber optic tip, and somebody accidentally just like knocked one of them. Can you imagine if you were the person that accidentally dropped them in though? You're like, oh fuck, oh god. <laughs> I mean, the guy. I, I imagine they were fired right away. Don't you think? No, probably not. It was like <laughs> if it was an accident. No, but I guess. That being said, though, that was a major inconvenience <laughs> um but yeah no it was cool they, they also put a uh, little bit of water and gelatin in with the needles to make them flow more while she's swimming through them essentially i heard the original idea was to actually like fill it up to the point where she would actually be neck deep how how would you sink into them though that's that's why they ended up not doing it that way that make and sense, i yeah. i think it's actually more gruesome just having her land on top oh, of yeah. the pile of needles yeah. like i think yeah there's something much more. Have you ever fallen into a cactus before? I can't say as though I, I have. have. <laughs> you, you know what you do when you fall into a cactus? You lay there still, <laughs> and then finally work up the courage to move your arm a little bit, and you realize how fucking much it hurts. So then you just lay That's there more. That's what that pit's like. <laughs> only ten times worse. <laughs> um, yeah, that scene just slays me though. Yeah. Oh, it's the worst. Um, getting getting back to the rest of the traps from this movie, um, there were I like there there weren't many, there actually weren't many traps in the movie. Like well yeah I guess well there was I guess uh, what there was the oven mm-hmm. that Abby had to go into, which uh, 
that's the thing that I was talking about where I, I think people can just say whatever the hell they want on IMDb. Because this, this like random fact on IMDb says, Abby was meant to reach a second portal at the back of the furnace crawling through the flames, but he would be badly burned during the process accounting for the tape which stated that he would have to confront the devil. That's not what it was at all. No, no, no I think... Confronting, no, no, the, confronting the devil was... There was a drawing of a devil inside, and he was pointing at a knob that said twist. And the the whole idea behind this movie is if, if people were just patient and, and thought a little bit about what they were confronting, they would have realized that there were much simpler uh, solutions to yeah, everything. Yeah, yeah. And if he would have just twisted that knob, it would have turned the gas off, and then he well, would have been fine. I, I think a lot of... Well, I was reading the same thing that you were earlier, just so that I had a clear idea of what was going on. Um, a lot of the things that are written on IMDb, though, they're they're talking about what they were originally. And there's different ideas. Like, like If you read through those, there's lots of reports about what these what these traps started off as and what they ended up being once they started filming it. I saw that, and but that's, this, this think, isn't one of those ones. Eh, it seems it sounds like it was. Yeah, I don't, maybe well, it was. I don't know. Whatever. It's funny though that you bring up. It's funny that you bring up the um, uh, uh, um, uh, blah, 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 blah. things that are right in front of you that, yeah. that are that are that are easy. There's a scene where. Um, uh, I forget the, I forget the character's name. The prostitute, Madison. I yeah, think. Yeah, she uh, she puts her hand. There's a there's these hand boxes. Basically, there's a, a a syringe in the middle of these this box that has the antidote for the uh, the gas in it. Or Addison, I'm sorry. Addison, and she puts her hands up through these like holes in the boxes. The problem is though is that they're like reverse razors, and so once you put your hands through, they're all like like caught on angles so when you <laughs> reverse razors is that like when you go you go you rub it you rub it against your face and the hair grows <laughs> um you put your hands up through the box though and you can't pull them back down because these razors are cutting into your your wrist yeah slicing your wrist essentially it's kind of, it's like rodent traps like raccoon traps yeah, like yeah, where, yeah, where yeah. They, they can go in but they can't back exactly out. exactly yeah um now if you look very closely uh there's a lock that is hanging from the bottom of the box mm -hmm. the key is in the lock it's not. It's not in the lock, is it? Is it? Because sure is. Is it actually? It's hanging sure from the lock. Is. Okay. And uh, if, if I'm wrong, that's gonna be an embarrassing correction. But um, no. But the key is right there, though. The point is, the key is literally right there. And the idea was that these people are gonna rush in, see the antidote for the gas, and they're not gonna look at anything else. They're, right. just, gonna, they're just gonna go this full speed ahead, bull in a china shop. Oh, antidote. Uh. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know. Um, and that's kind of the idea of the thing is that these people are just stupid. Like they don't, if you just think about what you're doing, you get out alive. Right. Simple. <laughs> what's, what's funny too is because the, the first tape that they find basically lays out a, lays out a solution for them right away. It says, um, you all have the combination in the back of your mind. If you want the answer, look over the rainbow. You don't know what that means, but then one character figures out what it means and it's the dumbest person in the entire yeah, house yeah. which is the that big like just the big macho motherfucker mm -hmm. and, what is what are the what does the over the rainbow part mean though i uh, didn't get that because each of the each of the numbers were a different color oh so in the sequence of the rainbow right gotcha gotcha that makes sense but he, he's so he's all messed up on this nerve agent walking around the house looking at everybody's like he's he's killing some people he's like just finding people already dead and looking at their numbers, am I to believe that this guy is going to not only memorize all of the numbers, but also memorize what color order they were in? I don't think so. Pretty smart guy. Yeah. 
he must be. I'm the bully the boo. I guess I guess he was playing a lot of brain games in Joliet, <laughs> exercising his brain. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Henry Rollins was actually originally supposed to play that part. Yeah, I heard that. I heard that. Which, That'd be awesome. Oh, would have been so much better. Frankie G, the guy who played Xavier, is not a good actor. I wonder if this was around <laughs> the same time that Wrong Turn Two was filming. I don't know when that came out offhand, but I wonder if that was the uh, the commitment that he couldn't do. This came out in two thousand five. Mm-hmm. That might have been. It might have been. He might have been doing wrong turn, uh, wrong turn two at the time. Well, he probably look should it up. Have, look it up. Should, he probably should have done this instead. So, long, so let's get back to the plot here. Though. Um, uh, you find out later on in the movie, uh, Amanda is not what she seems. Yeah, we said spoilers, so don't kill us. Uh, she's not what she seems. She's very obviously working with Jigsaw at mm-hmm. a certain point in time in the movie. And she's basically guiding uh, Donnie Wahlberg's son through the, through the maze because he's the in- integral part of Donnie Wahlberg's test. Right. Um, which Jigsaw tells him, if you just sit here and talk to me, your son will be found in a safe and secure place. Right. <laughs> okay. It's very important. So the son is 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 going through these traps, whatever. They, they get out of the house um, and then Donnie Wahlberg finally just beats the piss out of Jigsaw, and Jigsaw finally agrees to take him to the house so that he can find his son. And then this is the part in the movie where the patented saw goes off the rails, and you finally all the twists and turns and everything starts happening. Um, spoilers again. <laughs> you 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 come to find that all the footage that they're watching of the people in the house is old pre-recorded footage. And that none of that is actually happening while... This was found out by the tech team who took five fucking hours to get to this location. Very long time. (laughs) If somebody somebody called a tech team and said, we need you here, if if the FBI calls a tech team and says, we need you here right now because a serial killer has a bunch of people on video and they're all going to die in two hours, if that tech team showed up with like 20 minutes left... Then they should all be fired. Yeah. That's the worst tech team <laughs> in the entire world. So so you come to find that out or whatever. And uh it's the the, the ending is is pretty fucking crazy because once again, just like in the first movie, it's in exactly what he said it was from from the get-go. Um it's exactly what he said it was. Here's the thing about this movie is I, I, I guess kind of the first one too is Jigsaw, John Kramer, for as much as he thinks thinks out every angle in, in in these plots he really has to rely on on certain variables working out that mm-hmm. he could never possibly predict but he assumes that people are going to act in a certain way and they always do the idea is that people are predictable that's i, I guess the test I, is to not be predictable that's right. pretty much it I, I that's that's my that's my point is like he had to he Basically, if, if if they would have showed up at his warehouse and found him sitting where he was sitting, and then Donnie Wahlberg, uh, Eric Matthews, just sat and talked to him for that hour and a half, then not only would Eric Matthews get his son back alive, mm-hmm. but at this point, Jigsaw's work would be done. Pretty he much, he yeah. wouldn't be able to do anything else. They would arrest him, and then he'd go to jail for the rest of his miserable life. Pretty much. You know what I mean? Pretty much. Um, so, so he really he really had to rely on the fact that Eric Matthews was gonna freak out and beat the shit out of him, and which he studies though his he studies his 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 people 
pretty closely so he knows how they're going to react you know yeah. uh and it always usually does work out to his his advantage and in this case he conveniently very conveniently <laughs> but uh yeah no donnie Wahlberg freaks out and uh they leave and it turns out that the son is locked in a safe with a tank of oxygen literally the, literally the entire like time ten, like 10 feet ten from feet where they were talking <laughs> all he had to do was sit there and talk and that's it um, no, th- <laughs> there's there's a bit of a debate. I don't know why it's a debate so much. Like some people say, like, did the kid was the kid never poisoned by the nerve agent or anything like that? Well, yeah, he. Um, we talked about this before. He does throw up blood at one point in time, so he is being affected by by the nerve agent. Well, yeah. That oh, being said, though, there's an empty vial of antidote right at the end of the tunnels basically at not, the end no it's it's when it's when eric matthews finally gets into the house and mm-hmm. he goes to uh he goes to the he, end he, of... he finds that trap door yes yes it's yes. laying next to the safe that like in the original tape it said you can find the answer over the rainbow the key to the safe yeah it's from that safe so that's that's kind of when you realize that uh i, I guess if you're really watching you you'd, you'd You'd almost kind of have to be somebody who has watched it several times to know this, but so that's kind of when you, things, you know? that's kind of when you realize that Amanda is involved with it because otherwise, how would that safe? Well, Amanda, get open? Amanda clearly already had the antidote because she's not affected whatsoever she's by not it sick the throughout time. the entire movie. And being that uh, the son was also not killed by it, and he was in there just as long as everybody else, he had the antidote at some point in time too. The debate is whether where I think where he got the antidote, whether it was at the beginning or the end. I think it's more it, of the debate. Well, he probably was, at the end. Yeah, it was it was right before uh, because there's uh, at, at the end Frankie G's character Xavier is basically trying to just find the numbers on everybody's neck and and get his own antidote. Yep. Uh, he ends up. Uh, they they end up getting down into the tunnels. I think I think she must have she didn't give him the antidote then. So it was it must have been after Xavier follows them down into the tunnels. They kill him. She must have ran up real quick, gotten the antidote from the safe, maybe, and given it to the kid. Maybe I feel as though she probably had one stashed away somewhere though. She's in on it. She might have just had one stashed away and then why she would threw that, it on the ground. Why would that know. safe be open then? The safe is open when Eric Matthews goes into the house. No, that's true. No, you're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah. For as many times as we've seen these movies, I'm still <laughs> well, learning shit. <laughs> yeah, that's the, that's the thing. Is like you can watch these movies over right. and over, and there's always new things to see, which is pretty cool. You're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah. Um, anyway, though, this is also uh, the first movie. They, they fuck. They they end up going back to the original um, bathroom that took place in the first fucking movie. Right. Which is incredible. Like what. what and you see the so intertwined. And you and you see like the old rotted body of Adam of Adam He's just sitting there. And you see Doctor Gordon's sawed off foot yep, laying on the yep. floor, which is cool. Such a cool callback. Um, and then when Eric gets down into the tunnel, like that's that's what's kind of cool about that scene is if you're really paying attention, when Eric Matthews is going through the house, every time he comes up on a dead body, like <clears throat> he comes up on the one girl who had the seizure in the hallway. Mm-hmm. He's coughing as he walks up to yep. her, which implies that she's been dead for a while yeah even though according to the rest of the movie she's only been dead for like a half hour mm-hmm. so it's 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 mm-hmm. obvious that there's been some passage of time and sure. then when he gets down into the bathroom and he sees xavier's body he's been decomposing for at yep. least a few days you yep. know 
Well, longer a couple, than that. Well, a couple way days. Lo- way longer than that. Well, no, he's like mummified almost. Well, no, because earlier in the movie, earlier in the movie, when he calls his son, he says, "I haven't heard from you in a couple days. I'm getting worried." So I'm guessing the events that transpired in the house that they're watching on the screens happened two days prior. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you were talking about Adam that was chained up. No, I'm ex- sorry. I'm Xavier. Because yeah. Adam was like mummified. Yeah, he was, been a yeah while. he was all messed That'd up. It had been a while. Yeah. Um, but they end up chaining up uh, Donnie Wahlberg, Eric, to, mm-hmm. to the wall and leaving him the same way they left Adam in the first movie. Basically, it, it ends the exact same way except for with Amanda saying game over and slamming yep. the door and then you hear Eric Matthews screaming in the, in the darkness. It's yep. awesome. All right, so... That brings us to Saw 3. Yeah. Nice. All right, Saw 3, 2006. Um, quick rundown here. Jigsaw kidnaps a doctor named Lynn, Lynn Denlin, to keep him alive while he watches his new apprentice put an unlucky citizen named Jeff through a brutal test. Lynn has to keep Jigsaw alive until Jeff completes the test or else Lynn will die. Correct. This movie had, this is like when they started to really get into, I remember when people saw this movie in the theater, this was like like some really heavy stuff that people couldn't watch in particular i'm thinking about the surgery scene yeah they the the movies did tend to get a little bit more graphic and a little more extreme every time because they they tried to outdo each other every movie did let me ask you have you ever have you ever considered the saw movies torture porn uh at a certain point yeah really yeah yeah at at a certain point in the series and um I'm not going to say exactly when, because like I said, I've I haven't seen a lot of these. I haven't seen a lot of the later movies uh, in quite some time. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to save that maybe until later. Ask me at the end. But I do remember there is a certain point in time in the franchise where it does sort of switch over into that. Yeah. Where it's just more. It's all about the traps and people dying as opposed to anything else. Even like though the, even the though actual the, story. Even though the story's still good. Don't yeah. Get me wrong. I love the stories. But they, there is an emphasis on pr- that primarily over anything else. Right. Um, so I think that it does, and I think that's almost like it's like um, like uh, the golden age of horror movies, like Dracula and Frankenstein. That's horror, but you know what else is horror? Uh, uh, Friday the Thirteenth and Freddy Krueger and these super horror gore movies. Mm-hmm. They're very different types of horror, and I think that this is a precursor to torture porn you know what i'm saying like it's a it's the golden age if you will of torture porn since then they've taken it to <laughs> extreme yeah lengths yeah. Does that makes sense yeah and even and, and even these i've never like i definitely saw one two and three i never really saw as torture porn mm-hmm. even though some people would disagree with that but i don't know I, I i it always seemed like everything that they were doing no matter how stream extreme it was in these first few movies it never really felt unnecessarily violent to me I don't know. It, everything seemed to serve the serve serve the story. The the, the chest ripper ripper in this one wasn't unnecessarily violent. <laughs> uh, well, <laughs> no, but but there's a point to that because uh, true. Well, we'll get to that. Okay. So I uh, saw three once again directed by Darren Lynn Bowsman, mm-hmm. uh, written by li- written by totally Lee Winnell again. Mm-hmm. This will be the last one that Lee Winnell had a hand in writing. Oh, okay. Uh, at this point, so this is like the it's the, it's the cap off of the original trilogy of the Winnell trilogy as as we'll call it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and God damn if it's not a great fucking wrap up to a fucking trilogy. Though. Yeah, like, they could have ended it here. They really could have. Yeah, for sure. And it would have been amazing. Like there's so there's so many twists and turns and wrap ups at the end of this movie. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, which just leads you to believe what the fuck else could they do with it? Oh, <laughs> oh so much more. 
There will be blood. Um, yeah, so Tobin, Tobin Bell is back once again as Jigsaw. Uh, when we meet Jigsaw now, at this, this point in time, uh, Jigsaw is on his deathbed, basically. Like, yeah. He's even more sick this time. His tumor is getting to the point where he's losing function. He's basically confined to a bed for most of the time. Yep. Uh, so what does he do? Well, he does what anybody would do. He kidnaps a brilliant doctor to take care of him on his deathbed in a warehouse with no medical instruments. Well, and he also he also took took himself in a little uh, a little buddy, a little apprentice. He did. He did. In uh, Shawnee Smith, Amanda Young. So he he basically explains she was one of his first uh, test subjects who ever escaped successfully mm-hmm. from. I, I think she was actually the first. She was the first. So they go into the backstory of. Her escaping... No, she was not the first. She was not the first, I don't think. Was she not the first? No, I don't believe so. Um, okay. I can't remember. No, I... no. I think the barbed wire guy was first, because they talk about that in flashbacks. Because they've been following this guy for a long time, and then she was then she was the first one that they found that survived. Because they were already very familiar with the case. No, the not th- she wasn't his first test subject. She was the first one to survive. Oh, the first, yes, yes, yeah. yes. So, so she, he basically, you know, he gets the sense that she really appreciates her life, and so he contacts her in a very creepy way by just showing up in her bedroom, uh-huh. and he basically explains to her that you have a new lease on life, and you can help me give other people a new lease on life. So he he takes her in and and, and starts to kind of mentor her, and uh, <laughs> and somehow she becomes. This is this is one of those things where I I feel like I had to really suspend disbelief because she starts building traps. He's he's an engineer. He's yeah, a brilliant yeah. engineer. Like how the hell could she start building well, these traps? It's suspension of disbelief. Like Whatever. I said, he taught her. Okay. Yeah, I guess I don't know. But uh, how did a bunch? How did four turtles end up getting new uh, ninjutsu? Huh. Um, from a rat talking. Exactly. <laughs> Suspension of disbelief. <laughs> There's nothing unbelievable about that movie. Um, um, so you have uh, the uh, Lynn Denlin, played by Bahar Sumek. I mm-hmm. think that's how you say her name. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the, the doctor that they kidnap. And uh, like, like we said earlier, she's basically tasked with keeping him alive for uh, the duration of this game that's going on with this other man who he's taken named Jeff. Jeff. Now, Jeff is... It, he's basically in this trap because his life is all, has become about nothing but vengeance. Mm-hmm. He wants to basically... Like, his son ki- was killed. His son was killed in a hit-and-run accident. Not a hit-and-run, uh, a drunk-driving accident. Mm-hmm. And he he wants to exact his revenge on the people who were responsible because not only was his son hit and killed but there was also a witness who who fled the scene <clears throat> there was a judge who only gave the drunk driver six months but then the guy ended up getting let out two days after he was in jail so yep. he has basically just let his life fall into disarray he's a drunk he spends his days just kind of yells at his daughter for sleeping with a teddy bear that belonged to her brother right like That's weird he That's just a sad scene yeah it was a really sad <laughs> scene and he just he so he's disregarding his family he's just basically is living this terrible life yeah and so jigsaw gives him the opportunity to exact his revenge in these traps but basically wants wants to get the point across that he should just learn to forgive yeah and his life will be better for and he, it. He he does. He's he's more successful with some than others. 
We'll say that. It does well, it, take him a long fucking time, though, to come to grips, though. It's like, he the, the traps start, and then suddenly he's like, hee like, I hate you, I hate you, I hate you. And then left, oh, God, no, I'm sorry. Okay, I'll help you. And then it doesn't really always work out. <laughs> well, and the thing is, too, is like he, 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 he tries to help all these people. Mm-hmm. He does. But uh, way too late. Like you would you think said. the hee would stop after the first one, though. Yeah. <laughs> I, it's it's always kind of especially once you get to the end one yeah. it's like dude like hurry up <laughs> you know what's gonna happen here yeah um this this movie had one of my most not not the worst trap ever but one of the more gross traps ever with the pigs Ugh, yeah those fucking pigs man tobin bell actually Ugh. said that this is that's his favorite trap in the entire I, series I, I i i can understand why there's basically he gets he gets to the point where this uh, he, there's this judge that only sentenced the drunk driver to 6 months and this judge is chained in the bottom of a tank like laying on his back with a chain around his neck and he's in this huge tank and then um, these disgustingly rotten, just half liquefied corpses of pigs get rolled in on like a conveyor belt or like a conveyor chain, chain thing, like on hooks, dropped into a, a meat grinder essentially, and then and it's just spewed out just liquid. Oh, it's like God. liquid pig entry. <laughs> basically, basically vegan Justin's uh, worst nightmare. It's just liquid pigs Ow. falling on you. Just a pig smoothie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they're so nasty looking. Like the pigs are all like half rotted and yeah. bluish and stuff. Yeah. It's so gross. They're, they're really disgusting. Um, but uh, and then um, Lynn has this collar around her neck mm-hmm. the entire time, and as she's it, working on jigsaw, basically it says. <laughs> I was, I was just imagining the scene. Oh, <laughs> I, I was thinking ahead. Sorry. <laughs> she's she's wearing this as 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 Jeff's going through these traps. Lynn, like we said, has to keep Jigsaw alive, mm-hmm. and uh, and she's she has this, this collar on basically that has like se- <laughs> has like six or eight shotgun shells aimed straight at her neck around the outside. Yeah, and either and it's it's tied to uh, Jigsaw's heart rate. So if he flat lines collar goes off or right. if she tries to run and gets too far away there's a sensor it'll it'll go off as well here's the shitty thing about that is people can flatline and then be revived <laughs> like what if he would have just well, flatlined and she she would have had the opportunity to 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 resuscitate him but nope too late your head's gone what else she could have did was taken something and put it in between the hammer that's exactly what i was and the in the actual uh Firing a primer on, yeah. on the the shotgun shell. That's exactly what I thought throughout the entire thing. I mean, she's a doctor. She's not the smartest person in the world. <laughs> she's just a <laughs> she's just a surgeon. But uh, Amanda was watching her the whole yeah, time, yeah. and Amanda was being a total bitch. What a come. <laughs> I mean, there was this, there was like a pretty harsh C bomb dropped in this there movie. Was, and there I, was. There was. That's why it. that's kind of why I, I, I love seeing Shawnee Smith say that because she's like a, in only in the. Only in the Saw series is she ever really like this. Like she plays pretty likable characters and mm-hmm. everything else that she's ever done. So to see her call somebody a stupid cunt was kind of funny. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it, you you really don't have too many. Is there what's going on outside the? Oh, Carrie is looking for Matthew still basically. In the beginning, yeah. This, she this she is meets the, she meets a demise. We'll say this is the movie where she has become the. Well, I guess in the second one also she was kind of she's the expert. more so the expert though in this one like, right and um the uba expert the uba expert um but she starts to make some connections 
regarding the traps because uh, they go after after the opening of this movie, which has to do with Detective Matthews. Mm-hmm. Um, you go to a trap where this guy is chained in a room, and he's got chains in basically like in his triceps, like up up on up on like his. Uh, yeah, this my least favorite trap. It's ever. your least favorite trap. Yeah, because none of them are possible. Oh yeah, none of them you could. Yeah. He basically so he's got he's got chains and hooks going through like his Achilles tendon. His hands. They're is going a... through skin at some points. He's got one in his jaw. He's got one that's in the middle of his like literally the middle of his hand. Right. I've been impaled. In the middle of my hand before, I have. Yeah. Legitimately no, straight through my hand. I, I, I have been crucified. I've been crucified. Okay. <laughs> um, fucking hawthorn trees. Anyway, uh, you cannot rip something out of your hand like that the way he does. You cannot just pull and have have your hand rip apart. It, it doesn't work that way. That's not the way anatomy works. I think you could. Mm, not in the little. Not, had, not as easily was, as mind he did. you. He's also chained. He doesn't have a whole range of motion to pull. That's true. And you can't. He also pulls right through his Achilles tendon, though, with like the littlest tiny pussy soccer kick I've ever seen in my <laughs> and, life. And continues standing. Yeah, you, you cannot. Which no, wouldn't you work. Can't. That, that, it bothered me because it's the most unrealistic thing because you just literally couldn't. And how are you supposed to pull a loop out of your jaw? But that's that's the point I was getting at is uh, Carrie starts to realize that some of these traps are, don't really fit the jigsaw mold because they're, they're unwinnable. They're inescapable. Because yeah. not only was he chained in a way that he couldn't get out, but also the door was welded shut. Yes. So even if he managed yes. to pull all these things out of himself, he wouldn't have been able to escape because the, the door bomb. was welded shut. And there's shut. a bomb in there, yeah. And that, that has to do with, I, we should probably get toward the end of the movie here just because... <laughs> Yeah, it's what what are we over two hours? Um, that gets to the point that uh, Shawnee Smith, as the apprentice, Amanda is basically putting together traps that are unwinnable. Yeah, putting together games that are un unwinnable, basically because she just thinks that these people don't deserve to live. So she's she's just taking them out. And 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 the best part is is that Jigsaw notices this mm-hmm. and then puts her in her own test. As kind of like a last ditch effort to get her to and prove prove that she can still do it or whatever, and that's kind and of it the backfires miraculously. <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of the major the major twist of this entire yeah. movie. Like we said, spoilers as always. But uh, uh, when he was talking to when he was talking in the beginning, saying "I want to play a game" or "Our game is beginning," you they flash back to the fact that he was actually looking at Amanda when he was saying all yeah. these things. Mm-hmm. So he was actually testing her the whole time. It's kind of shitty of him because he was actually using other people as as pawns in her yep. game, yep. and a bunch of other people ended up dying as a result. But uh, um, that this like you texted me earlier today, and you're like, "Man, I really forgot how they wrapped up this third movie," and it's pretty satisfying. Mm-hmm. Well, I I don't want to give I don't want to give away everything in this movie. We've Mm-mm. been giving away a lot. I don't want to give away a lot of it. But um, Jeff, as he's going through his uh, his his trials with all the different people that were had something to do with his son's death and then subsequent you know sentencing and all that stuff. Um, the other trap that always gets me, and this was towards the top of my my kill list actually on mm-hmm. my my top ten, was the rack. Mm. Uh, you the guy that actually hit his son. Right. Um, presumably in a drunk driving accident. However, there's theories that believe maybe he wasn't drunk at all, and that was whatever. That's that's, that's neither here nor there. Yeah. But um, he's on this 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 thing called the rack, which basically he looks like he's on a 
crucifix only his legs are spread basically it's and, it's actually more like and i just noticed this today um up to the left of jigsaw's bed he has that really famous um leonardo da oh, vinci yeah, yeah, yeah. illustration yeah of the guy standing with his arms and his yeah, legs apart. It's, it's exactly it's, it's what it is. that exact same... Yep. There's uh, a name for it, and I don't know what it yeah, is. Yeah, I don't but, know what it's called. Uh, but each one of his limbs, though, is attached to a cranking mechanism that slowly, one at a time, turns all the way in a 360 degree. <laughs> and all of his arms just get to the point where they can't bend anymore, and the bones snap. And all of his and arms. All 18 of them. Um, <laughs> Both of his arms, then his legs, and then and finally oh. Jeff decides he wants to save him yeah. like once, as his head once, is turning. Once he's a paraplegic, basically, <laughs> Jeff wants to save him. <laughs> and uh, and doesn't but, and doesn't get but, to it in time. Oh, but his, that's... his leg snapping, though, there's like a shot where like, his... his uh, What's this? What's this? Femur? Yeah, T your femur. No, the tibia. The tibia oh, yeah, just explodes yeah. out of his skin. <laughs> and it just, every single time... It, it's... Bad digital effects, but it still gets me yeah. every single time. <laughs> uh, it's it's a, it, of this movie. That's the worst trap. I, mm -hmm. it's, oh, it's, just, it's, it's yep. hard to watch. No one was gnarly. Yeah. Um. Yeah, we could talk about this forever. Yeah, but we're not going to. No. So we'll just wrap it up with that. We'll just say this: there's a twist at the end. You don't see it coming at all. It's probably one of the more well hidden twists in the entire movie mm -hmm. because they actually don't allude to it. No. Nope. They really don't. Actually, they give you a fake out, if anything. But y yeah. There's there's one aspect, the picture, I guess, if you're kind of thinking about it, that would kind of give it away. Mm. But it's really not. It only gives it away on subsequent viewings, I yeah. guess. You know, yeah. like once you know, you'll what you're never notice for. it your first time right. watching it. You'll never. So if you if you've seen the first movie, maybe the second movie, but you haven't made it further, I'm not going to spoil the ending for you. If, if you've but made it's a it, really good ending. If you've made it this far into this show and you haven't seen any of these movies, then you might as well not watch them because we've spoiled everything. No. <laughs> Except for this part. <laughs> you know something cool about this one? I, and we might have touched on it before during another episode, but uh, they had like a thousand posters made up, sold for 20 bucks each uh -huh. to support oh, the show. Yes, and, yes. and they were donating portion of it to the Red Cross. Uh -huh. um, and they were auctioning them off. And Tobin Bell donated two vials of his own blood to be dumped into the red ink vat when they were printing the posters. Oh, really? Yep. <laughs> so they, so they used and then, and then red they, ink they, with his blood. And then in they it. printed and the they posters with his blood? Yeah. Dude, I wonder how much one of those would go for. I don't know. Uh, Kiss did that before, too, actually. And they then it says, actually, all proceeds from both sales went to the Red Cross. Oh, that's so. cool. It's <laughs> so weird and creepy, but he kind of donated awesome his blood to time. the Red Cross. Nah, hundred bucks. Hundred <laughs> bucks on uh, eBay. That's it for yep. a little bit of Tobin Tobin Bell blood. Yep, I'd pay that. <laughs> I would do actually if I had it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, um, I think that'll do it for Saw One through Three, eh, boys? Yes, yeah. I think so. All right. If you want to find us on social media, you can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Facebook, and Horror Amino at the Buzzed Kill Podcast. You can also find us on Twitter at the Buzzed Kill PC. And you can find J, -J, 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 -J Raj on all social media at Ocean Recording. And also, if you want some fantastic recording deals, October special all month Ooh. long. Yeah, baby. Two gruesome songs Two tracked, mixed, and mastered for $666. Oh, oh I see Ooh, what you did there. the evil October deal. <laughs> Spooky. Check it out. Check it out at www.oceanrecordingstudio.com. Also, um, if you feel like it, 
jump on iTunes and oh, give us yes. a give us a yeah. rating, give us a review. Please do. It helps. It helps us. Uh, you know, if we get a lot of good ratings, it boosts our our ratings on obviously on uh, iTunes, and mm-hmm. more people will see us. And the more people that listen to us, the more we'll feel loved. And um, we do need to feel loved. It's we just, need some love. It's been it's been a hard year. It's <laughs> true. <laughs> All right, gentlemen. All right, that's it. Cheers, boys. Cheers. Most people are so ungrateful to be alive. But not you. Not anymore. Ah! Ah! Game over.